1: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network.
0: Hello, this is Zack Sabre Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018, and you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style
1: with my mates. Enjoy.
0: Enjoy. let them have it because this is just an intro keeping the strong style six stars from the get go boy Yeah from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style with your host Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Joshua Smith and thank you for listening Welcome to keeping It strong style the ace of podcasts on the social suplex podcast network Jeremy Donovan here with the young boy Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be announcing the winners of our 2019 year-end award, reviewing the Tokyo Dome, the Road to Tokyo Dome shows, answering your questions, and covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns over at socialsuplex.com. This episode of Keeping a Strong Style is brought to you by Power Slam TV. If you are a fan of independent wrestling, Power Slam TV has over 6,000 hours of wrestling from companies across the world. Use the promo code Social Suplex to get your first month free. Also, make sure you check out our pro wrestling tea store, pro slash social suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong Style t shirt. And a uh, real quick. See, before we jump into the New Japan stuff, just want to give you guys a heads up. Uh, the Social Suplex Podcast Network, we are going to be uh, switching uh, podcast hosts. And so that's going to be happening this week. So uh, please let us know if you have any issues uh, with downloading shows as we uh, get ready to transfer over the, the network feed. We're uh, switching over from Podbean to Red Circle and also as a part of that um, transition Each of the shows here on the network will be getting their own RSS feed So for all you uh, diehard uh, Puro fans You will be able to just subscribe to keep a strong style if you want to If you're only a New Japan fan
1: Yeah, absolutely This is something that uh, Hello everybody (laughs) (laughs) This is something that uh, you guys have been asking for for quite some time We're trying to find the best Way to make that a feasible uh reality for everybody and I think that this is one of the better uh solutions that we came up with Um we talked about some other options and I think of everything we discussed it's the best one Yeah
0: so yeah be on look out for that and make sure you know state if you're subscribed already to the, the The overall network feed you shouldn't have to do anything when we switch everything over But if you want to you know subscribe to the other feeds or we'll, we'll be tweeting those out when they become live and you can subscribe to those
1: do us a favor, just subscribe to everything. Yeah, All subscribe to everything. Everything, rate everything. <laughs> Get us over out here.
0: Oh man! Uh, so uh, real quick before we um, jump into our awards, so a uh, friend of the show, Lauren, one of our uh, Georgia Georgia Glitter Girls, um, sent us this link to this uh, Shinden Maker that somebody has made and it's been kind of going around. And it, you, you type your name in, it tells you your New Japan Pro Wrestling relationship. She really wanted us to do this, so. Thought we'd uh, kick off the show with this.
1: I swear to god, I'm gonna be angry. <laughs> I get it's gonna be like me and Yoshihashi. I know it. It's gonna be like right. Doki <laughs> You're chilling <with> Doki.
0: <laughs> All right, so for me, uh, it says my tag partner would be Kanamaru, my drinking buddy would be Ryu Lee, my mentor would be Yuji Nagata, my rival would be Kenta, my hated enemy would be Bad Luck Fale, and my crush would be Ren Narita.
1: Well, so, hold on <laughs> Real quick <laughs> How did you put your name in? Just I, I just
0: typed in Jeremy That's it? Yeah Alright Then for you, I just typed in Josh
1: You uh, you, you gotta put in Joshua uh, The full name Yep Alright, hold on I gotta Try and job me out here in these streets Alright If it doesn't say my mentor is Tanahashi I think this right.
0: <laughs> Okay uh, I think you might have liked the old answer So <laughs> <laughs> For Joshua It says your uh, tag team partner is Togi Makabe Your drinking buddy is Doki
1: Oh my god
0: (laughs) Your mentor is Shibata Your rival is Tangaloa Your hated enemy is Lance Archer And your crush is Toa Hanare
1: Yeah uh, Toa Hanare is pretty dreamy (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense So yeah so
0: Those are our NJPW relationships Nice So uh, now we're gonna go and we're going to announce the winners of the keeping a strong style 2019 year in awards
1: Yes, you guys voted we tallied the votes we counted them We surpassed last year's numbers once again for the third straight year in a row and uh, i'm i'm really excited with the The results that we got here.
0: Yeah, me too. So yeah, once again, thank you everybody for voting. So we're gonna Go through all these awards, name the third, second, and then the overall winner in each category So uh, young boy, kick us off with news story of the year
1: Perfect for the news story of the year <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at third place, we have John Moxley debuting with 277 points uh, Coming in at second place is the Two Knights of Wrestle Kingdom Which uh, is coming up, what, next week?
0: Yeah, end of yeah next weekend, right?
1: Oh man! Well,
0: like, not not this coming up weekend, but the following following weekend. Yeah,
1: dang, awesome! And then your first place news story of the year with four hundred and thirteen points. Jushin Thunder Liger announces that he will be retiring at the Dome in twenty twenty.
0: Man, yeah, that was kind of a a crazy moment, man. You know, Liger has been going for so long, wrestling all over the world, and. For a guy his age, he's still in amazing shape, still capable of having, uh, you know, very good and great matches. You know, we've seen him, you know, with Ishimori and other guys like that traveling all over the world. And, you know, he's still he can still go. But, you know, he wants to hang it up, man. And it's been kind of a, uh, you know, somber moment watching, you know, his last moments in Cork and Hall, his last match in the U.S., last match in the U.K.,
1: yeah, so we're definitely gonna talk about uh, CTU Liger here in just a little bit, but which was freaking awesome. But um, yeah, man, I mean, Jushin Thunder Liger announced his retirement. He's had a, a. It's kind of funny, like as great of a year as you can have while also remaining as low key as possible. Yeah. all at the same time, like putting other people over, like. But he had that incredible. He had that great uh, match with Ishimori for the title. Um, earlier in the year, right after he announced that he would be retiring, uh, that long-heated feud with uh, Minoru Suzuki, and then, like you mentioned, just all over the world traveling, independent shows, Mexico, the UK, all over the independent scene in Japan, like, yeah, I mean, uh, Liger's been a, a true ambassador, and um, this has been another great year in his long-story career, and I, uh, I'm pretty sure some uh, tears will be shed Definitely uh, January
0: 4th and 5th. Yeah, and I'm just glad that, you know we got the opportunity to see Liger live a couple times this year I mean, we were literally right in front of him in uh, New York for or that. You t-
1: literally spoke with him got, <laughs> You got, uh interviewed by him.
0: Yeah, man, that's awesome. So
1: bro. I was lit. Okay. Funny story so WrestleMania weekend. I I like, uh Slipped off and I was trying to, uh Uh chat up a certain Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was trying to spit some game out here in these streets. <laughs> trying to try shoot your shot. I was trying to shoot my shot. And uh, Jushin Thunder Liger like, walks up. And uh, while I'm talking to this girl, uh, this like guy runs out of a pizza shop. He's like, hey, 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 can I get a photo with you? Can I get a photo with you? And Liger's like, yeah. And he takes a photo with Liger. And like Liger goes off. And the guy goes, who was that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh it's Jushin Thunder Liger only one of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived? He's like, I'm going to send it to this girl. I'm trying to impress her. She really likes WWE. I was like, Chief. Dave, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know if you're gonna impress her with that one.
1: So that's that's my uh, that's my fond memory of Liger this <laughs> year.
0: <laughs> no man, but yeah, yeah, we're gonna miss gonna miss Liger, man. These the, the dome is gonna be an emotional one for sure. So now I'm gonna take us. to. And I was a
1: little surprised. I I I was pretty sure that the two nights Wrestle Kingdom was gonna lock it up, but uh, I underestimated the actual connection that uh and Thunder Liger has with. You Know the fandom,
0: right? And even if you haven't seen all of his new Japan run, I'm sure you've seen him in WCW, you might have seen him in Mexico, you might have seen him somewhere in the UK. Like, he's T- literally
1: TNA, T- T- yeah. He's been in TNA, <laughs>
0: he's literally been like an almost every promotion. I mean, Ring of Honor, The World, The World's Tour, like, literally, he's had his um, NXT, no, yeah, takeover <laughs> against uh, Tyler Breeze. He's literally had his uh, fingerprints on almost every major organization there is. So, yeah. I know. Most of the people that voted probably seen Liger in one of those um,
1: well situations. There were some really significant news stories, and uh, that one beat them out. So awesome!
0: All right, so now I want to take us to the angle of the year.
1: The angle of the year. <laughs> so <laughs> next, year, <laughs> next year we need to have like actual like 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 music.
0: Yeah, like and, then, and, um, and
1: we'll have like uh we'll have like paper and we'll like rip it <laughs> on the air.
0: We'll have like the envelope, the, the envelope <laughs> that. We're, oh and, man. So, uh, angle of the year, coming in third place with 284 points, Hiromu returns from injury and challenges Will Ospreay. Come in second with 426 points, Keishin Liger re-emerges and attempts to kill Suzuki. And then, in first place, with 598 points, the angle of the year, Kenta joins Bullet Club and Chibata attacks the Bullet Club.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I mean... You look at the points there, and not only was this one not that close, but, like, you look at, for instance, uh, the Keishan Liger, um, you know, emergence, that had 426 points. Our last category was where Liger won, had 413 points. So, literally, our second place vote, or our second place uh, in, in this category had more points than the previous first place. Yeah. And that just goes to show you that this one was not even really that close. 598 points for first place. That means that for people who weren't voting for it as first place, which I think the majority did, then it was definitely getting second and third place votes. Right. Like it, it dominated
0: the board. across the board.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, uh, this was one of the most significant angles of the year. Jeremy, tell us your thoughts on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is like probably the best angle in all of pro wrestling this whole year. Um, you know, you got Kenta who, you know, made his debut. For The G1 comes in Has a really good tournament getting some uh, Negative backlash from the fans And you know um, Gato kind of uh, You know I don't know if it was a plan Or he was listening to the crowd But made the shift turned Kent a heel turned on Ishii And Chaos and joined Bullet Club And that was shocking in Itself but then Shibata Comes bolting down The rampway uh, from Backstage and comes in and Gets physical for the first time since the injury and cleans house
1: Yeah, and Kenta looked every bit as good as he had ever looked He didn't miss a step I mean, he was, you know, so sharp, so fast, so crisp I mean, like, we freaking were losing our minds over here at the dojo when this happened
0: Yeah, man, Shibata looked great the, that, the corner drop, kick, the strikes, everything He looked like he had been, he was not injured Like he had been wrestling this whole time
1: yeah, and on top of that, the, the part of what really makes that moment was Kevin Kelly's call and, like, the uh, emotion that he had just kind of, you know, letting us know exactly what was happening. Even if you watch the Japanese version, they're losing. their are <laughs> <Yeah>. Shibata! Shibata! <laughs> like, it's, it, and then, um, you know, once the Bullet Club turns on Shibata, I mean, the heat that they generated, they barely actually even really did anything to him, but because of his situation, it garnered and generated so much heat, plus the background between these two... You know, competitors and Kenta. You know, pl- leaning into the uh, derision that he'd gotten from the fans throughout the G1, and then sitting on you know the beloved hero Shibata's chest and just being a dick. Like this was awesome. Yeah,
0: throwing up the two sweet, doing yeah. the Shibata pose on top of Shibata. It was just you know a crazy moment, crazy angle. I mean, this will be an angle that's talked about for years and years to come.
1: Awesome. So that is our angle of the year. Now we're going to move on to the excursion match of the year. The excursion match <laughs> of the year. And um, your winners. So in the third in third place with 221 points, we have Will Osprey versus Bandito from WrestleCon Super Show, which I was there. <laughs> so were you. <laughs> awesome match. And then um, second place, we have the King, Minoru Suzuki, taking on Josh Barnett from Bloodsport with 310 points.
0: Which you were, you were always there. You were there for that one. I
1: was there for that. It was awesome. Uh, and then I rewatched it, too, and it was incredible on replay. And then finally, in first place with 315 points. So winning by one or two votes. This was a squeaker. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. The lights-out match from AEW Full Gear. Yeah, man, dude, this,
0: the voting on this was nail biting. It literally came down to the last second. And this is what we tell you guys every vote counts. Literally five points separated the first place match and the second place match here. Suzuki versus Barnett was winning during a majority of the voting.
1: I mean, yeah, we, um, we're going to be, uh, making some announcements for the winners via our Twitter. So, um, you know, be on the lookout for that via social media and kind of congratulating the different winners. We even got a graphic uh, populated, which is awesome. So uh, I say that to say this. I was actually collecting uh, usable photos that we could use to announce the winners, and I was for sure that I was going to be using a Suzuki and Barnett photo, but it was not to be.
0: Right, you know, the whole time, I was like, oh yeah, Suzuki Barnett's winning, that's going to be the winner
1: I was shocked, Uh, you know, I I think that match is fantastic And most of the matches that were on this list were every bit as deserving to win I just didn't think so many people had seen that match Right So I was like, I'm really surprised And then all of a sudden, I was like, ah, here we go, (laughs) AEW
0: The elite fans The elite
1: fans, but um, Moxley and Omega, they squeaked it out And uh, that was a fantastic match I mean, I know I had some... uh, I don't think that I loved it as much as the rest of the Social Suplex crew, but I didn't think it was an awful match. I thought it was a very, very good match. Um, and, you know, evidently a lot of people really love this match.
0: Yeah, man, it was, you know, one of my favorite AEW matches of the year so far. And, you know, overall, Full Gear was a pretty good show, and this, uh, that Lights Out lights out match, um, you know, a lot of the spots. I mean, you know, we found out, you know, later on that, you know, a lot of the stuff they did was safe, but in the moment when you're watching it.
1: Dude, I was watching it, and no, I thought— the majority of what they were doing was relatively "quote unquote" safe. You know, the same right. I, the same way that I thought most of what we saw with Janella and Moxley was relatively safe. I mean, obviously it's wrestling; everything's a risk, but you know, yeah, there's definitely but s- that, uh, some worse stuff I've seen. That other...
0: Phoenix splash on the wood, though.
1: Yeah, that was bad. Uh I didn't like the bumps on the chain either. Mm. I thought that that was unnecessary. Yeah, as f- I don't. I didn't hear anyone else talking about that. I'm like, why are they? <laughs> Take That's bad but um yeah This match was uh you know an Epic and it is our Excursion match of the year yeah uh, Speaking of which real quick just on The air just want to ask you aw Match of the year what do you got
0: Oh man
1: You're going bucks lucha brothers Aren't you
0: Eat the latter Match yeah
1: Nah fuck that you're C- going cody, cody and Dustin, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> <does> five stars. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, Jeremy, you want to uh, do the honors for the junior match of the year?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, the junior match <laughs> of the year. Coming in third place with 241 points, El Fantasmo versus Rocky Romero from wow. best of the Super Juniors Day 9. Coming in second place with 288 points, Dragon Lee versus Will Osprey from Dominion. And then in first place, with 713 oh points The junior match of the year Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay For the best of the super junior finals
1: Wow I, I just want to say this So my first thoughts are this Shingo and Osprey take the honors with 700 plus points That means that like Most of the other 10 candidates didn't give very many points. But then when you turn around and you look at Phantasma Rocky and Dragon Lee and Will Ospreay, both of them still doing well over 200 points. These were like pretty clear-cut consensuses amongst all the great matches we saw in the junior division this year, which I'm a little surprised by because I love Phantasma Rocky. I know you did too, but I was kind of wondering like, How many people saw this it was on a random super juniors day, you know day seven or whatever it was right and The fact that that many people were like affected or moved by it like really shows you the greatness of that match Especially considering that there's a lot of really good candidates on this list Um, I'm not surprised at all by dragon Lee and Will Ospreay but I was a little surprised by Phantasmo and Rocky, but uh, I say that pleasantly surprised
0: Yeah, I, I was also pleasantly surprised You know, there are so many great junior matches to choose from And once, you, once again, you mentioned this was like an, a random, you know, this was day nine of best of super juniors And we know some people don't watch all the tournaments so Maybe right. a lot of people re-watched it when they were voting But it definitely, you know, moved people and it was a great match
1: You know, it's the one match that I think like got the rough shake just because not enough people saw it Which match? Osprey and Eagles Mm. From from Australia the showdown yeah
0: I think that was my third place vote. I don't
1: think enough people saw that
0: yeah That because that match was incredible
1: incredible. But uh Shingo and Osprey I mean we I think We're going to be talking about this match later On as well it's a, a candidate for Multiple awards here Tonight but uh man Cleaning up I mean just dominating I mean last year the Winner was Hiromu Takahashi versus Uh uh
0: Takashi vs Dragon Lee?
1: No, it's Ishimori. Oh, Ishimori. What's his first name?
0: Uh, Taiji. <laughs> why do I,
1: why do I forget stuff on the air all the time? <laughs> Taiji Ishimori versus Hiromu Takahashi, which was also the finals of Best Super Juniors last year. So there's a there's a trend here, but um I'm pretty sure this mo- this match like in the points total and the consensus like even blew past that one and that one was a really heavy favorite last year. Right. So I mean this is This is unprecedented in our voting I mean 713 points that's crazy
0: Yeah so definitely majority First place votes and then also kind of Dominated second and third place votes but
1: Wow and it's a fantastic match
0: Yeah I mean if you have not seen this match yet, I I don't know what you're doing
1: (laughs) And all I'll say is it's on our match of the year candidacy, so we'll get, that's the, the granddaddy. We'll get there, but uh, awesome. Congratulations to Shingo and Will cleaning up on uh, the junior division.
0: Yeah, first of many awards for Mr. Osprey here tonight. And Shingo. Yeah.
1: And that's going to take us to the next award, the Strong Style Fight of the Year. So coming in at third place with 201 points, Shingo Takagi versus Hiroki Goto from G1 Climax 29. Coming in at second place with 349 points, John Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii from the G1. And finally, with f- in first place with 488 points, Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii from the G1 Climax 29.
0: Wow, what a slobber knocker that match was.
1: The funny thing is, that from the moment that Shingo got into New Japan we just constantly kept saying on the air What happens when him and Ishii go face (laughs) to face and we found out and it was it freaking ruled
0: Yes, it was incredible just the hard hitting like you talk about strong style like this match encompassed strong style You know the strikes the selling the big moves the lariats. I mean these guys went at each other
1: Yeah, this is um I think this was also my uh, first place to vote as well, and um, just just really an incredible contest. Like I loved this match, everything about it. I, I think I need to go see it again now. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> this, this match is
0: definitely a match where you can rewatch over and over again.
1: And uh, yeah, just incredible. So congratulations.
0: Yes, great matchup. So now I'm going to take us to the Young Boy of the Year Award The Joshua Smith Award Yes, the Joshua Smith Young Boy of the Year (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start off here with third place with 427 points Ren Narita Nice At second place, 484 points Carl Fredericks And then in first place with 680 points the winner and the young boy of the year Shota Umino
1: Wow 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 Shota Umino two years running the young boy of the year for keeping a strong styles year end awards um this guy just had a fantastic year uh i mean the stuff i think for a lot of people that really sticks out is his partnership with John Moxley as right. Sugar Umino Yeah Um, I think that's one of the big things Unfortunately, uh, Shota will not be In contention for this come next year Because he has officially gone off to Excursion So this is his last, uh, eligible year To be, uh, you know, a candidate For Young Boy of the Year, and he Took took home the honors two years in a row
0: Yeah, remember, uh, last year We were both kind of disappointed that, that Umino had won yeah. Because you know we were you know behind Red Narita on the Narita bandwagon And we just thought Narita had you know A great year last year And it was just one of those things where Umino was kind of put in a lot of the bigger Spots so overall more people Saw Umino he was a push as a top Young boy so that's how he got Votes and we were like you know If Narita got that booking He would have got the votes but this year I firmly agree that Umino should have be the young boy of the year,
1: yeah, I agree, man. You look at the matches he had during like the Honor Rising Tour, the New Japan Cup, Dominion, uh, all the tags, the undercard stuff, his stuff with Moxley. I mean, uh, Shoto, you know, just he killed it this year, and I mean, he really, it, it's not even for young lines, aren't even really supposed to be quote unquote getting over. But it doesn't matter, the guy got over <laughs>
0: Right, this this guy went over to the UK for Royal Quest And got loud, he's a star. let's go shooter <laughs> chance it's And now he's in Rev Pro And the, the crowd is eating him up
1: Yeah, it's crazy So, uh, you know, uh, they thought this pretty boy Carl Fredericks Could come out here and job my boy <laughs> Not this year, Carl Not this year
0: Yeah, but I mean, did pretty good, 484 points But, you know beating beat Narita it, Yeah mm. Well, you know, Carl did win the Young Lions Cup <laughs>
1: So that is uh, your winner for Young Lion of the Year. Did you get a picture for show to me now? Yeah. Okay, good. So that's going to take us to the next award, the Fighting Spirit Award. And this is an award that is usually given out that uh, basically embodies what fighting spirit is in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, whether it be a uh, fiery moment, a heartfelt moment, a tearjerker, what have you. Um, but th- these are your winners coming in at third place with 328 points. Hiromu Takahashi returns from injury. That just recently happened. It was pretty awesome. Second place coming in with 366 points. Katsuyori Shibata stands up to the Bullet Club, which we discussed. And uh, just narrowly losing out to our first place winner with 428 points. Will Ospreay competes in the New Japan Cup. The best of the Super Juniors. The J-Cup, the G1 Climax, and the Super Juniors Tag Tournament, the Iron Man of New Japan Pro Wrestling this year, Will Ospreay.
0: Yes. And you know, this is one of the categories that when we... you know, I'm
1: sh- I was shocked by this.
0: When we launched the voting, I didn't know which way people can, can go. Because, you know, the fighting spirit, like you mentioned, it's kind of like either usually it's like a return from injury, that's a big moment of overcoming adversity, or... Or just having like an incredible year or an incredible tournament And so everybody went, you know, the Osprey route And I don't blame them This guy was literally in every tournament except the World Tag League
1: I don't blame them, but I was a little surprised by it I guess just my thinking was a little different I thought there was other candidates that I, in my mind I was like, yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure they're going this way or going that way And mm-hmm. as as time went on, I started to realize just how much the... Uh, the Osprey tournament runs really like you know, I don't know what the word is, but kind of like got over with the audience because I'm like, oh wow, you know, <laughs> he kind of cleaned up this award and uh, yeah, man, I mean, Osprey's just a stud, like every single singles tournament, you know, the, right? And the, the thing is, like, not just being
0: in these tournaments, he's having Dominating. four star yeah. plus matches in every single tournament. He's going out there and busting his ass in all these tournaments.
1: Yeah, uh, making people look good, getting over himself in in the, uh, you know, at the same time, like, uh, putting in some of the longest match times of anybody in the company, Mm -hmm. like, Will Ospreay killed it. And uh,
0: and across multiple divisions, we got um, a heavyweight tournament here, we have junior tournaments here, we have tag tournament here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, congratulations, Will Ospreay, for winning the Fighting Spirit Award.
0: So now we're going to move on to the 2019 Newcomer of the Year. So with third place, with 384 points, we have Kenta. In second place, with 449 points, the headbanger, El Fantasimo.
1: I'm shocked. This was close. This was really close. <laughs> I'm kind of shocked <laughs> by that.
0: And then in first place, with 504 points, the Death Rider, John Moxley. Yeah. So, this was another category when I was, you know, monitoring the voting throughout the weeks. Al Fantasmo had a lead and was winning. I remember even talking to you. I'm like, man, Fantasmo is winning over Moxley. And then something happened in the, that last week or so, and John Moxley took over.
1: It's weird how all these uh, AEW guys start suddenly <laughs> winning when uh, the numbers are down. Uh, you think Floyd has something to do with that? <laughs>
0: He was uh, staying vigilant. Yeah, he uh, sent sent the uh, voting out to. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, you know, I think that John Moxley is the right answer. Honestly, uh, you know, as much of an impact as some of these other guys did make, and you know, great additions to the company. I mean, John Moxley, from a business perspective, I mean, you know, we just, we, you and I discussed it off the air earlier this year, like when when our G one numbers were, quite frankly, the highest numbers we've ever. Pooled for downloads for this show, we were like, "Do you think it's Do you think it's John Moxley?" <laughs> and I absolutely do think it was because John Moxley was involved in the G one, and so many people, you know, coming off of the uh, the interviews that he did and and the angles, and he hadn't really worked anywhere yet. I think it's totally that.
0: Right, and it was just one of those things where you know we saw the Death Rider video week after. what well, well, show after show, whatever that time frame was. We saw it so many times and we're like, who is this guy? Is it um, you know, what's that the one guy we thought it was gonna be? Uh Dave Finley. <laughs> Dave <laughs> Finley. What's the other UK guy, the tall oh, um, God. Chris Brooks. You Chris Brooks. thought it was Chris Brooks. Like there's all these theories about who the deaf Rider was, and nobody was expecting John Moxley, you know, leaving WWE. Nobody knew what he, exactly he was gonna do, where he was gonna go. And then out of nowhere. It ends up the Death Riders, John Moxley, and then has that awesome match with Juice Robinson at the Best of Super Junior Finals, and just kicks off his uh, run in New Japan.
1: Yeah, and he had an incredible G One climax. He, you know, he uh, won the uh, IWGP United States Championship even just recently when he made his return, and you know that was really cool. When um, what show was that? I was at the World Tag League Finals. Yeah, and he could have easily. You know just sent a video but he actually showed up in person to do a, a short angle in the ring with suzuki and archer so um Very, you know, I know that there was some criticism on my part of certain things about what john moxley was doing in the g1 Which I still stand behind but ultimately john moxley was awesome this year in, in new japan and you know If we're to believe his uh, most recent statements We can expect to see him again in the future how that plays out between him and AEW remains to be seen but uh you know, I was glad to see John Moxley as a newcomer this year.
0: Yeah, I tr- thoroughly enjoyed uh, Moxley's run so far, and looking forward to the Texas Death Match, and then
1: the quote-unquote <laughs> Texas Death Match. <laughs> we'll talk about that in the future.
0: Potentially facing Juice on the second night. So,
1: all right, so that's going to bring us to uh, one of my favorite categories: the Most Improved Wrestler of the Year. Coming in. 3rd place with 234 points, Robbie Eagles. Coming in at 2nd place with 373 points, Tai Chi. And coming in first with 723 <laughs> points. What is his name? Murderhawk?
0: The Murderhawk Monster. The
1: Murderhawk Monster. <laughs> Lance Archer. Could it be anybody else? No.
0: No. Archer had an incredible year, and here's a guy, you know, he was in the Killer Elite Squad tag team with Davey Boy Smith Jr., and you know, they were a good little tag team, but you know, there was nothing really breakout about them, and then Davey Boy Smith Jr. left, went to MLW, and that left, you know, the door open for Lance Archer, this opportunity to, you know, make a name for himself in the singles division, and that's what he did he kicked off you know in the g1 climax in dallas against will osprey and had an incredible opening match there And then from the rest of that tournament and the rest of this year It just really had you know a great year and just better than any year he's had in new japan
1: Yeah, I mean he came in so motivated once he was given the opportunity to uh, work as a single star which is kind of uh, ironic because he was afforded the kind of opportunities that his uh, ex tag team partner, David Boy Smith <laughs> Jr., was not afforded. <laughs> but um, this guy, you know, it's funny because we were talking about like earlier in the year when he was really trying to uh, help promote and push for that G1 uh, show in Dallas. So we're like, yeah. Good, good for Lance Archer, yeah <laughs> That's great, that's great But in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't know why he's doing all that Like, <laughs> you this man, even. this man's, you know, he's <laughs> a high, I guess And then he, he comes out there and, like, looks better than almost any big man ever in history I'm like, what the, who is this guy?
0: Rope walking, moonsaults, diving And it, and
1: it wasn't just, like, the fact that he would come in and had that one great match with, uh Will Ospreay I mean anybody could do that although keep in mind he had two great matches with Will Ospreay this year but it's like uh, That's what we said the first time we saw them wrestle during the New Japan Cup. They had a good match. We're like man That's the best match of, of Lance Archer's career man. That was great. And then uh, G1 comes and they He blew that away and he did something different every night had different kinds of matches with different people developed his character like got over I mean yeah, right, it, it can't be anybody but him.
0: Won the IWGP U.S. title. Yes, going into Wrestle Kingdom, defending that title—it's a huge spot for him. Yep. This is a guy that's normally stuck in a multi-man tag team match or the, the Never Six Man Gauntlet, and now he's getting a big prime singles match for a title, defending against John Moxley—in a huge spot.
1: Shingo doesn't have a singles match. Mm. Ishii ain't got a singles match. Suzuki ain't got a singles match, but Lance Archer does. Mm. Let that sink in for a minute. <laughs>
0: Yes. So, uh, congrats to the Murder Hawk monster Lance Archer on being the 2019 Keeping a Strong Style Most Improved. So now that's going to take us to the 2019
1: Action of the keep Year. Keep mind, last year's Most Improved, Jay White, mm, Switchblade. Could Lance Archer follow in his footsteps? Do does IWGP Gold loom in his future?
0: Maybe. Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the 2019 Faction of the Year So coming in third place with 343 points Suzuki-Goon In second place with 486 points The Bullet Club And then in first place with 647 points Your 2019 Faction of the Year Los Ingro Bernables de Japón
1: Yes, LIJ has done it again 3 Pete. Third year in a row, the faction of the year. And, um, I mean, it, it makes sense. They've got the biggest stars, the most popular guys. Look how, look how over evil is. Look how over Sonata is. Look how over Hiromu is. Look how over Naito is. Look how over Shingo is. You've literally got six dudes who could all break off and be individual single stars. When they team up, they're huge stars. And then, you know, they got Bushi. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, um, and, and the funny thing is, I think LIJ was way less cohesive as a unit And was not presented as a unit quite as much as they have been in years past But it doesn't really matter Because they were all always doing something compelling throughout the whole year
0: Right, you had Naito uh, feuding with Abushi Constantly in the IC title picture You had uh, Sonata, who kind of broke out this year Had several matches with Okada uh, Evil had great matches with uh, Ishii um, Hiromu just returned, Shingo Obviously had an awesome best of super juniors And G1 uh, Bushi, you know, super junior tag li- Wasn't, he wasn't in the gen- he, wasn't nah, tag he, ch- he
1: challenged for the title That's though
0: That's right, yeah, he challenged Osprey, Which was, a you know, one of Bushi's best matches
1: And not only that, multiple title reigns Across the board, I mean Naito with the IC belt You know, at one point they had the uh, Junior tag uh, Titles between Um
0: Shingo and, Bushi. Shingo
1: and Bushi, the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships with Evil and Sonata. Um, I mean, all these guys were involved in all the major um, tournaments. You know, Sonata making it to the uh, New Japan Cup finals. I mean, they were just they were all over the place this year. And I mean, uh, there is, you know, there's not that many factions here, but there is no other faction in, in New Japan that has quite the same level of consistency, accolade, and love as Lij does.
0: Yeah, you mentioned third year in a row We're going to have to name this award after them No, we will never do that (laughs) The LIJ faction of the year No But but, uh, shout out to LIJ On your uh, third faction of the year win
1: Maybe the last (laughs) Um, So that brings us to uh, Our next category The Big Van Vader Gaijin of the year award And coming in Third place with 248 points, John Moxley, coming in second place with 423 points, Jay Whiteo, and in first place with 562 points, Will Osprey. And the interesting thing here is, even though Will won, it was not the blowaway in this category. As he, it has been for all the other categories that he's won, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Jay White was not that far. from I him. was very
0: surprised that Jay White got the amount of votes he got.
1: I'm not at all. I'm not at all. I mean, he's. If you want to be frank, I mean, Jay White is much higher on the totem pole and and presented as a bigger star in New Japan at this current time than Will Osprey is. Right, and I totally
0: agree with that. But I didn't know if all of our listeners and voters agreed with that.
1: I was kind of surprised that. Um, Chris Jericho didn't do a little bit better But it kind of makes sense
0: Right I was almost surprised I thought Moxley would would have done I thought
1: Moxley had a really good shot of was winning gonna this Was going to do better
0: Yeah, I thought Moxley was going to potentially win this thing
1: Yep But uh, Will Ospreay The top Gaijin of the year And you know, it's kind of funny When we think of Gaijins We think of the guys that come in from the outside And uh, kind of represent the West And you know the, the foreign invader the westerner or what have you but will Osprey is like the anti that will Osprey <laughs> is the guy who like takes New Japan and represents New Japan across the world I mean multiple countries multiple promotions going everywhere just having banger after Banger after Banger um and will Osprey was like we said he was just incredible this year right what else can I say
0: you know like he mentioned that now he's like moved to Japan He's learning the language He's you know, starting to cut some of his promos And use some uh, Japanese words So yeah, this guy Unlike most gaijin, totally embodies New Japan But you know, not being Japanese born He cl- classifies for this award And you know, just had a dominant year. Yep. So, shout out to Will Ospreay On another award tonight With the 2019 Big Van Vader Gaijin of the Year Award So that's going to take us to the 2019 Feud of the Year. So coming in third place with 257 points, Kazuchika Okada versus Sonata. In second place with 428 points, Tetsuya Naito versus Kota Ibushi. And then in first place with 533 points, the 2019 Feud of the Year, Minoru Suzuki versus Jushin Thunder Liger.
1: Is this a bit of an upset?
0: Um, I think so I mean the, that Naito-Obushi rivalry the Several great matches um, Throughout the first half of the year
1: Three Yeah But you know what I think that's kind of like It's kind of like last year when Will Ospreay was doing so fantastic Through the first half of the year And then after the second half of the year The G1 came It kind of fell off You know most people's Radars when it came to wrestler of the year kind of talk. Yeah, I sort of think that's what happened with naito nabushi like You know they had their last match dominion and then you know everything kind of moved on and I think recency bias might have a little bit played into that but you know This is something where I got to say I think for my book naito nabushi had by far the best in-ring series of any um, You know any other guys throughout the year in new japan But when it comes to pure emotion, pure nostalgia, pure storytelling, and heat and anticipation, there was no one else that was as captivating together as Suzuki and Liger this year. Right? They were. They sure they had multiple, you know, uh, matches. You know, with with multi man matches and all that, which were pretty much as previews for the one big match they ended up having. But uh, the story that they told and and the backstage promos and you know the moment when. Suzuki and mass Liger then Liger emerging as Kishin and then battle Liger versus Suzuki like This was awesome
0: Yeah, you know, this is a rivalry that literally started, you know at the beginning of the year and went all the way Until they had that big match at King of Pro Wrestling And You know, there were several angles um, Several multi-man matches several, you know backstage assaults and promos and like you mentioned You know great storytelling of their past from the um, The shoot fight that they had and so there was just so much going into this rivalry and especially with you know this, this being Liger's you know last year of active um, you know being an active wrestler there was so much going into this.
1: Yeah, and this is going to be the last great uh you know program that Suzuki or that Liger ever does with another performer. Him and Suzuki had a banger at King of Pro Wrestling um, you know I'm it, it now this is kind of interesting because In the years past, the past two years, our 2017 Feud of the Year winner was Okada and uh, Omega, and then last year it was Tanahashi and Okada, which were both feuds built entirely based off of the in-ring stories that they were telling, whereas this was something that was a little bit more pro-wrestling, you know, a little bit Mm -hmm. more of the outside stories, the angles, the promos, the everything of that nature, and then, you know, kind of culminating. And the one thing they did great was they made us – want to see it. They built it and built it and we just kept wondering like when's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? Right.
0: We literally yeah week after week they're gonna do it here, or they're gonna do it Dominion, yep. or are they gonna do it the dome? Like when they're gonna do this thing. Yeah, it got <laughs> to a
1: point where like on this show I felt like we were discussing three things constantly. It was like when Taromu coming back, who's the mole in chaos? <laughs> <laughs> And when are Liger and Suzuki gonna get it on and uh, we got our answer and um, I couldn't be more, you know, happy I I think that this is probably the feud of the year. I think Uh, rich is out there somewhere mad right now because naito nabushi didn't win, but uh, that's the way that's the way it went down (laughs) So that's gonna bring us to uh The carl gotch strong style award Also known as the bmf title (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, coming in third place, and I'm actually surprised by this a little bit, but uh, third place with 146 points, Hiroki Goto. Coming in at second place with 458 points, Shingo Takagi. And coming in first place with 623 points, Tomo Hiro Ishii for the second year in a row. Repeat.
0: Yes, man, Tomohiro Ishii We talked about, you know, the match with Shingo But when you look at that strong style fight of the year candidate Ishii was littered all over those 10 uh, nominees This guy has always been one of the most hard-hitting, most intense sellers in New
1: Japan Yeah, and you know what's interesting? Um, I'll just say this I'm not going to give away the wrestler of the year yet, but Shingo Takagi as well as uh, Tomohiro Ishii are both candidates in that department. And without giving away too much of a spoiler, Shingo did much better in the voting than Tomohiro Ishii did in that uh, category. But when it comes to the Karl Gotch strong style, you don't want, (laughs) you never want the smoke with Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, you know he ended up getting uh, way more votes And um, it, I'm, I'm kind of glad about that Just in the, in the fact that It shows that people understand What they're voting for When they vote for this category um, But do you think that's a little bit surprising That he won this category But when it comes to overall wrestler of the year He placed much lower than Shingo
0: A little bit But if you think about it um, As far as matches with Buzz Like that Shingo Osprey match Had a bunch of Buzz a lot of the Shingo G One matches had a lot of buzz. They had they were more talked about. And yes, Shingo brought, brought the strong style, but his opponents didn't always bring the strong style. Um, and so I can under, I can see why overall somebody would you know vote Shingo as a wrestler of the year over Ishii so but w- when it comes to strong style.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, when you when you look at the uh, strong style match fight of the year can- candidates, we had ten of them. It was like six or seven of those matches were all Ishii matches. It does make me wonder, though, if maybe in 2020, if you give him the right opponents, if Ishii doesn't have a good, or I'm sorry, if Shingo doesn't have a good chance to uh, usurp Ishii as being, like, the top, you know, strong style guy in the company. I think it's
0: possible, especially now that he's in the heavyweight division, you know, uh, at the beginning of this year, he was still in the junior division, junior tag team champion, so he's wrestling a lot of, you know, high-flying guys, having a little bit more, uh, Faster paced matches they weren't yep. All, yep. all Strong style matches so You know going into 2020 And being in that heavyweight division He could be set up to win the Carl the Gotch award next year
1: yeah absolutely So uh, congratulations Tomohiro Ishii you never Want the smoke <laughs>
0: <laughs> So now we're going to go on to The 2019 tag team Of the year so in third Place with 286 Points the Birds of Prey, Will Ospreay and Robbie Eagles in second place with 398 points. Show and yo, Rapungi 3K. And the winners, first place, your 2019 Tag Team of the Year with 400 points. That's right, by just two
1: oh points God.
0: difference. The winners <laughs> and Tag Team of the Years. Ain't nobody realer than Gorilla, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga, and Tangaloa.
1: Yo, that that's gotta be one of the closest votes we've ever had.
0: Yes, I don't think we've literally had this close of a difference.
1: Two we, points. We had a really close it was really close for most improved last year between uh Hangman hey Page and Jay White, but this is even closer than that, which is crazy, man. This is crazy. Um I gotta say, I agree. I think G.O.D. was the tag team of the year
0: Yeah, I agree as well We talked about on this show They, you know, were triple champions at one point this year They were the IWGP tag champs They were the Ring of Honor champs They were the never six-man champs They have had the IWGP tag champs for over 300 days now They were in that big match at Madison Square Garden Had that crazy feud with the Briscoes over the summer Did some U.S. dates and defy uh, they were all over the place, and we're having some pretty good matches in the beginning part of the year.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm just glad to see that the fans and the voters finally got tag team of the year correct. <laughs> um, yeah, 2017 they voted uh, Young, Young Bucks. Bucks over War Machine. That was wrong. Then last year they voted Golden Lovers over the Young Bucks. Bucks. That was wrong, <laughs> but they finally got it right. But they almost got it wrong
0: <laughs> by two points. By Two points. Oh man, uh, if just just one more vote in any in a second or thir- no, first place vote.
1: In all honesty, if Roppongi Three K would have won, I wouldn't have been that surprised at all. Although. They did win the tag league, but they they didn't have that long of a run with the titles this year or anything like that.
0: Right. They've kind of been on the back burner this year. Yeah,
1: so I, that's the main reason I didn't think that they would win. But uh, their popularity obviously speaks to, you know, the votes here. But uh, congratulations, Tamatanga, Tangaloa. You are our tag team of the year. And now we're going to move on to the Jushin Thunder Liger Junior of the Year Award. Junior of the year (laughs) (laughs) Coming in at uh, Third place with 218 points The headbanger El Phantasmo Second place with 472 points Keep in mind he was only in this division For the first half (laughs) of the year Shingo Takagi And your winner In first place with 727 points the aerial assassin, Will Ospreay.
0: Right. I mean, is there any surprise here? Um, Will had an incredible year in the junior division. He's been the IWGP Junior Champion for uh, you know the latter half of the year. Incredible matches with Dragon Lee and Shingo, um, Robbie Eagles. Just so many great junior matches. Best of Super Junior Super J Cup. Yeah. Super Junior Tag League.
1: Yep. And the stuff with, uh, you know, the birds of prey, him and Will, or him and Robbie Eagles. Also, keep in mind that the first uh, four months of the year, he was a junior who just happened to be representing the junior division in the never open weight category. So it wasn't like he'd moved up to heavy. I mean, in my book, I kind of thought he was moving up, but from the kayfabe perspective, they said he's a junior who's beating a bunch of heavyweights, which is actually extremely significant. You know, big wins over guys like Fale, Archer, you know, Dalton Castle, uh, all sorts of guys. So, I mean, um, Will Ospreay. And then, yeah, and then defeating, handing Shingo Takagi his first loss, you know, w- regaining the title, winning Best Super Junior. It's like, it's Will Ospreay. He's the, he's, he's the junior of the year this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Awesome So now that's going to take us to the show of the year Not show or Punky 3K But show as like pay-per-view show So our 2019 show of the year Coming in third place with 222 points Night 18 of the G1 Climax 29 In second place with 440 points The best of the Super Junior Finals And then in first place with 509 points Your 2019 show Of the year Wrestle Kingdom 13
1: Yep I mean I think that this Is definitely a very deserving Win for Wrestle Kingdom This year I mean This was just It was really good it was really good You know um Osprey and Ibushi you know the, The three way tag for the Junior division Sabre and Ishii Um you know, the three-way tag for the heavyweight uh, division. Um, even, like, Kushida's last big match there. All the elite's last big match in the Dome and with New Japan. Jay White and Okada, the return of the pants. Night <laughs> on Chris Jericho's in, insane match, you know, for the IC title and that the conclusion of that story. And then, you know, Tanahashi regaining the belt after all these years. I mean, there were so many... Changes and shifts and title changes and historic moments and stories and I mean I can't see any other show no matter how good the match quality was and I don't know if there was another show that had as consistently high good match quality as this but as a complete package I mean this is by far the show of the year and it's not just the show of the year in New Japan I think it's the show of the year anywhere in the world.
0: Yeah I mean that was just like you mentioned From top to bottom just a really Great card and You know with Wrestle Kingdoms they, they They're long shows but they fly by So fast and are so enjoyable And a lot of great matches on that card
1: Yeah I mean um I'm, I can't wait I can't wait till we get double Dome and it's and it's in a few Weeks yeah I one mean, week
0: now we Have uh, two separate shows so We'll yeah. see we'll see which day Ends up winning uh In the uh, 2020 awards, if both of those will be uh, nominees
1: The pessimistic side of me says, like, I'm nervous that there's too much time To where that could afford them to mess more things up But then there's the realistic part of me It's like, it's Gato, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling The card looks fantastic They've done this a million times They know what they're doing Like, it's probably going to be great Right So, um, that's going to bring us to the second of the big three awards the match of the year coming in third place with 252 points. Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi from Wrestle Kingdom 13, which I'm actually kind of shocked by. <laughs> <laughs> um, because for the first half of the year, I was like, that's for sure winning, <laughs> right? Uh, in second place. The G1 Climax Finals between Jay White and Kota Ibushi with 256 points. And finally, your winner with 525 points. Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay, the best of the Super Junior Finals.
0: Man, that match was incredible.
1: Uh, This is the first time that a junior match has won this award show's uh, match of the year candidacy.
0: Yeah this, yeah, this match That's a big deal Shattered barriers I mean, this match was literally Just blow away The match of the year I personally I think it's my match of the year Across the board Every promotion Every continent uh, Shingo and Will just went out there And just killed each other And it was an amazing story Of this unstoppable monster um, Against this, you know Kind of up and coming well, Not up and coming But, you know This, this underdog kind of position And, you know Osprey, he slayed the dragon And it was just an incredible match And um you know, that that second and third place separated by four points there. Omega, Tanahashi, Jay White And uh by four points. Yeah. Two
1: fifty two, two fifty six. Oh, third and second place. Yeah. I see. Okay. I I'm sorry. I thought you meant first and second. I was like, nah, Shingo and else <laughs> they got a lot more points. Uh no, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Omega and Tanahashi were not far far off from Jay White and Kodobushi. Um you know, the thing with Shingo and Osprey is basically this: they built Shingo to be this un- unstoppable monster competitor throughout the whole tournament. Never took a pinfall in this company. They they built him up for all this time, and then at the same time, Will Osprey's out here wrestling all these heavyweights and representing the company, you know, the junior division and the never you know open weight uh, class. And then he comes back and. You know, they're, they're two sides of the same coin, you know, on the on the A block, you've got Will just, or I'm sorry, you've got Shingo just, like, tearing through everybody, literally goes undefeated, <laughs> like, unheard of, and then at the same time, you've got Will Ospreay, who, like, he makes it in, he takes a couple losses, but he's carrying everybody to their best matches of the whole entire tour, like, having all the most compelling storylines, like, just incredible, and then... You know once we finally find out it's gonna be these two guys they've never touched they've never faced off like You know, it's the match everybody wanted and we got it and it delivered and it was awesome and um I I am a little surprised. It's the match of the year, but you know It's the match of the year
0: dude, I legit popped when osprey beat chingo and I, I I didn't I didn't
1: think yeah, that's one of the things to me. I didn't think he was going to. he did I.
0: I was like, oh, hands down, Shingo's winning this thing. I thought thing. Shingo was beating him. Dude, I popped and I was on vacation. I was on the cruise watching this thing and I ended up watching the thing twice on <laughs> vacation. That's how good this match was, man. Mark. <laughs> yeah. Like my family was in the hotel, like in the in the in the in the common area. I got this Shingo Osprey match on. I'm like, what is this? I'm like it's incredible. This is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, this match is just so good. And you know, Jay White Abushi was just another that uh, was a phenomenal match as I well. Love that, I love as that. Match. Omega Tanahashi. These were the three matches I voted with. I did vote Same. Shingo and Osprey first. And I, I voted Omega Tanahashi second and Jay White Abushi third. But I, I, I
1: actually think I had it all reversed. I had Jay White Abushi first. Omega Tanahashi second I think that's Shingo And Osprey third I could be wrong Mm. It was some combination of these three matches For sure
0: but yeah But hands down I had a feeling that these were Going to be the top three matches All three of these matches they You know broke Meltzer's scale this year All had great buzz The scale (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah just All three of these matches were incredible but Shingo and Osprey were just One step ahead and so they are the 2019 match of the year
1: and then Jeremy, take us home with the granddaddy of them all.
0: Yes, the granddaddy of all, the, the grand finale here, the 2019 Wrestler of the Year. So, in third place with 259 points, the G1 Climax 29 winner, the Golden Star, Kota Ibushi. Robbed. <laughs> Coming in second place with 293 points The Dragon Shingo Takagi And then in first place In your 2019 Antonio Inoki Wrestler of the Year With 649 points The Aerial Assassin Will Osprey.
1: You know, it almost at this point feels uh, hyperbolic to even continue to like laud praises on Will Ospreay <laughs> Because this man took everything home He was in the match of the year uh, He was the junior of the year
0: The gaijin of the He's year the
1: gaijin of the year He's freaking
0: Match it, of the year, junior match of the year
1: Fighting spirit award um, I mean, <laughs> junior match of the year Like, look at this I'm, I'm surprised he didn't win excursion match of the year. He almost did. He, he almost, almost did third place. <laughs> and you know what? I don't even think that was his best match. I think everyone needs to go watch Will Osprey and a kid, or either that or the Swords of Essex versus uh, Aussie Open because that ma- those matches I think are actually better than this uh, Bandino match. But uh, man, I mean, here's the thing, and I'll just say it like this. I can see how there might be some people who are who don't think Will Ospreay is the wrestler of the year because there were guys who accomplished more from a kayfabe sense and maybe even moved the culture a little bit more someone like Akota Bushi or you know an Okada or whoever it is that you even Shingo obviously got a lot of votes Here's what we got from Will Ospreay Nobody in the history of this sport in one year period since they started like rating matches in the, in the modern sense has ever put this many great matches on tape ever in a calendar year ever. It doesn't matter who he wrestled with. He could go anywhere in the world, wrestle with anybody on any given night and put forth a fantastic, compelling match. It reminds me of like flair back in the mid eighties, but on a higher level and on a more, uh, diverse level. I mean, not only that, but like, will wasn't compelling storylines. He did like grow his fan base and the audience. He accomplished so much. I mean, he won the never belt. He won the best super juniors. He won the, uh, you know, the IWGP, uh, junior heavyweight championship. He defended that championship against multiple guys. I mean, he basically cleared out the junior division, um, you know, he defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi, you know, in, uh what, the Budokan? Yeah. I mean, what more could Will Ospreay have done other than win, like, the heavyweight title this year? I mean, <laughs> right. like, this guy did everything. Jeremy?
0: Yeah, I mean, it goes into the Fighting Spirit Award. You look at all those tournaments he was in. Yes. Like you mentioned, just the quality of matches he was having. There are people who just dream of having one Quality match that Osprey's had in their whole entire careers, uh, you know there are people you know struggling and fighting and just hoping they can get that that five star match in their career. And Osprey has done it multiple times this year, and this guy just really just goes out there every night. Doesn't matter if he's in the opening match, the middle of the card, or the main event. He gives it his all. He goes balls to the wall. And just gives it everything he has And that's that's why he's The wrestler of the year and like you mentioned Josh he he can go To to an indie he can go to You know a WrestleCon super show with Bandito Have a great match he can go to a uh, Spain wrestle the A kid have a great match he can go to The UK and, uh, and a tag Ladder match and have a great match Doesn't matter what continent what promotion What letters Osprey is Going to have a great match and he tore the house down in New Japan, and that's why he is the Keeping It Strong style Antonio Noki 2019 Wrestler of the Year.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, at this point, like, Will Ospreay, like, I know people joke and been like, he's the modern-day Kenny, but, like, these awards kind of reflect, like, the way Kenny had a clean-up year last year, that's what Will Ospreay's done this year. It's right. It's really incredible. Yeah,
0: last year was the Kenny Omega Hour. This year, it's the Will Ospreay Hour. And so, you know, Kenny did tell Osprey, you know, you're taking my spot now. And that's, that's exactly what Osprey did. He stepped up and just had in a phenomenal year, cleaned up in these awards. Yep. So, once again, we just want to thank everybody who voted in the 2019 Keeping It Strong Style year in awards, helping us break that record and just being a part of this. Like Josh has mentioned before, these are not me and Josh's awards. This is you guys, award everybody who listens, everybody who voted. This award belongs to the fans, the listeners of this show. Uh, this is a way for you guys to get your voice and uh, share your voice, and uh, you know, let your voice be heard. And that's what you guys did. And these were the awards. And like Josh mentioned, we are going to have some graphics um, coming out towards the end of this week that will be shared on our social accounts to congratulate these wrestlers. On the accomplishment of winning in the third annual Keeping It Strong Style Year in Awards. Yep. So now we're going to move into our Road to Tokyo Dome talk. We had three nights at Corken Hall on December 19th, December 20th, and December 21st, the last uh, three New Japan shows of the year, taking us into Wrestle Kingdom 14. So, Josh, overall, what did you think about these three nights at Corken Hall?
1: You know, um, I think I mentioned this on the preview show, and it's uh, it, it remained to be true. I wasn't disappointed in any way. These Road to Tokyo Dome shows typically, while on the surface, might appear to be nothing more than your average Road to shows with, you know, tons of multi-man matches with, uh, you know, lots of... Um, you know, decisions that really are going to ha- hold no weight long-term, but nothing could be further from the truth. These Road to Tokyo Dome shows are always awesome because, A, you're getting to actually see a prolonged build for most of the programs leading into the Tokyo Dome. You get more angle work. Uh, it's kind of like, I, I almost feel some sometimes like Road to Tokyo Dome is sort of like the one side of the bread and then you've got New Year's Dash, and it's the other side of the bread. Mm. And then you've got Wrestle Kingdom in, as, like, the giant pastrami and uh, corned beef sandwich <laughs> in the middle. That's kind of what it is. And it's like, you know, corned beef and pastrami is great. I love that stuff. But, you know, you're not going to get a good Reuben unless you've got, you know, your good rye bread on the outside. And that's what Road to Tokyo Dome is for me. And um, I thought that these, Matt, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you these were show of the year candidates. There was definitely some bangers. But there was a lot of little story elements. There was a lot of character growth. There were some surprises along the way. And um, I thought these shows were easy watches. They reinvigorated me after the long like World Tag League. And you kind of need this refresher after World it, Tag League.
0: It was also good too coming off a, a rough weekend of wrestling shows. So the weekend previous, you had, you know, the Warrior Wrestling Show, which wasn't that great. You had um, you know, TLC just in general across the board, the, the the shows that weekend were just not that great and just kind of wore us down. And then these shows were refreshing, great actions, simple, um, straightforward pro wrestling. I loved it.
1: I Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. And, um, yeah, I thought these shows were great. And um, we got a lot to cover here. There's three shows. How do you want to do this? You want to... Um, Take individuals and kind of talk about You know their weekend with these three matches Or how do you want to do it
0: Yeah I think we can Instead of you know going through and breaking down Every match let's kind of talk about some of the, the Highlights here of some of the major Individuals and uh, I want to start off talking about Hiromu Takahashi Ooh. So Hiromu Made his big grand return To in ring action On December 19th He teamed up with his former uh, junior tag team champion partner Bushi to take on the Birds of Prey, Will Ospreay, and Robbie Eagles. And within the first, you know, 45 seconds of the match, Hiromu proved that he's still one of the best wrestlers in the world and that he can still go. Now, the interesting thing here so, Hiromu Takahashi got pinned by Robbie Eagles in this main event, and he would go on to We'll be on the losing end of other matches on night two on the twentieth, um LIJ lost to Chaos. And then on night three, um, uh, who did they face on night three?
1: Will uh, Osprey and Tomohiro Right. She defeated that, Hiromu Takahashi and Evil.
0: Right, yeah. So on the losing an all three In an matches, awesome match by the way. Yes, that match was incredible. Yeah, that,
1: that was the best match of this uh of these three nights.
0: Right. And so I see a lot of people were like how could Hiromu be losing, especially that first night That was kind of a shock and That was a shock to me watching Especially being Eagles, the one who pinned him But then once I saw everything laid out And the story they were telling It made perfect
1: sense You know um, When I saw Hiromu get pinned I was literally shocked Like I was sitting there and I was like, oh, no Hiromu, <laughs> 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 Hiromu <Hiroma." laughs> Um, when, yeah, when Hiromu came out, I, I, I marked so hard. I thought it was so awesome. Uh, he's got a new jacket, which is awesome. He's got a suicidal tendencies, uh, logo on the back. Like you, it's funny that like Hiromu loves punk music so much. Cause I always wonder, I'm like, does he speak english does he know what they're talking about or is it just the general vibe of the music you know Yeah, like if I was to get into like some japanese punk music and I didn't know the words is that how it would be or
0: In some k-pop. Yeah.
1: Well, nah, nah, yeah <laughs> But like the funny thing is like, um I've got a wide varied taste in music, but I just started getting into punk like like Actual old-school punk this past year and so, like, I love suicidal Tendencies. <laughs> like, they're uh, they're pretty great. And actually, they're, like, really influential uh, when it comes to, like, the L.A. scene and even, like, hip-hop uh, to a certain extent, as weird as that sounds. Uh, that's probably for another podcast. But, uh, yeah, I saw that, and I was like, man, Hiromu's out here. This is awesome. And, you know, there were so many people that were complaining that Hiromu was even wrestling before the Dome. And uh, on commentary, Kevin Kelly gave a shout-out on multiple nights to uh, super J cast, you know, kind of admonishing them for not realizing that these are like, you know, opportunities for, uh, excuse me, for, uh, Hiromu to get reps in and for him to warm up and for them to tell a story. And, um, you know, I just want to say this, Kevin, if you've been listening to this show last week, you would have heard us say the exact same thing. So <laughs> <laughs> just want to throw that out there. <laughs> but, um, With that, and, you know, I also heard, like, Dave Meltzer was, like, freaking out. And it's, like, I always kind of think, like, and these are all people I respect. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but I always think it's funny when I listen to other groups like that when I'm, like, okay, I get that you don't want them to waste this guy, you know, on these shows, but, like, it's New Japan. Dave, you've been watching, and and Damon, you guys have been watching him, like, or him. (laughs) You've been watching New Japan For most of your lives, you kind of know what they do, and it's Gato, and he's not going to do something different. You know what I mean? Like We know what he's going to do, and it's like they're not going to build a Tokyo Dome match with guys that are on the roster and not have them work the road to Tokyo Dome show. Like, it's just not going to – that's the preview matches. That's just what they do. They're going to do that. So, I mean, I I was fine with it. But then when when Hiromu got pinned by Robbie Eagles, I was like – for 2 seconds I was like what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> and then and then 3 seconds later I was like Kato's a fucking genius. <laughs> this makes total sense. This is an incredible story and oh my god, I am way more excited for their Dome match now than I was before that match. Right. And if you look
0: at New Japan history, what they typically do when a guy returns from injury, he usually does get beat by somebody Who's been in active competition yep. Tell that story that they're kind of rusty And they got that ring rust And the active competitor He's been active the whole year And on his game And so beats the person just coming back That's one thing to look at Then another thing here The story they're telling They're setting up Hiromu To be the underdog In this match with Osprey Osprey um, being over overly confident no, a little bit heelish, kind of cocky, and you know he thinks he's going to breeze through Hiromu at the dome. Yep. And then the brilliant thing about Robbie Eagles pinning Hiromu, Yeah sets up his next challenger, Hiromu. You know he's the underdog. He overcomes Osprey because Osprey underestimates him, beats Osprey, and then Eagles is right there as his
1: first challenger. I agree with that. Another angle of it that I saw was this. You could have easily have done Will Os. Well, you didn't have to pin Hiromu at all. But if you're going to pin Hiromu, what if they had had Will pin him? Now it's like, oh, well, Will's better than him. He got the upper hand. You know, that causes doubt. That's a little on the nose. Right. Instead, they're like, Robbie Eagles pinned him. Now, Eagles is a fantastic competitor, but he's never held the title. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In a certain sense, he is kind of seen as the lower... Right now of the two guys on that team between him and Will Ospreay So now it's not on the nose. It's actually really nuanced. It's like Oh my god Robbie Eagles pinned Hiromu if Robbie Eagles pinned Hiromu what the fuck you think Will Osprey is gonna do to this guy in a one on one match? Right. He's not ready. Right. He's not ready.
0: He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. <laughs>
1: that is fantastic storytelling. I'm like, oh man, it really actually causes doubt to be in your mind and be like, maybe after like a year and a half, he's not ready to compete with the most dominant junior. Like, in how long? You know what I mean? Right. Like That's awesome.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I really enjoyed that and the story that they've been telling through all three nights of this Road to Tokyo Dome Tour and just building into this match with Hiromu. And then like you mentioned, the match on the 21st with um, Takahashi and uh, Evil against Osprey and Tomohiro Ishii, that was just incredible You had two juniors, two strong style guys. It was the ultimate uh, Rich Lattice Pro Wrestling match here. I thought this match was awesome. um, Best match of these three shows. And if you haven't watched anything from these shows, definitely go out of your way to watch Osprey and Ishii versus Hiromu and Evil. It's a great, it was only 13 minutes, but it was 13 minutes of excellence. I went uh, four and a quarter on this one. So,
1: you know. You told me you went four and a quarter on it, and I was watching it, watching it, watching it, I was like, man, I'm really into this. And at a certain point, I was like, I thought it was about to be over. I was like, I'll probably go about four on this. And then they kept going, and it got to a different level, and I was like, ah, fuck. They got
0: that extra quarter star. <laughs> then came in the, at the end. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This match was awesome. I, I really, really loved it. And, um, you know, they only had Jerome take the one fall, the one night, and they still made him look strong the rest of the nights, but there's still that little doubt there, but... You know the record books are going to show that even though he wasn't the one taking all the falls He didn't get a single win On the road to tokyo dome, so right he's back three matches no wins No, no success to show for his efforts and He has one of the biggest toughest tasks in front of him of his entire career
0: Yeah, it's brilliant storytelling.
1: It's awesome.
0: So yeah, I'm really now now I'm even more hyped for that match. Yep Yep, it's awesome Alright, who do you want to talk about next?
1: Okay, um, certainly So, um, well Let's talk about the big man himself Jushin Thunder Liger mm. So Jushin Thunder Liger Had three matches um, The first match uh, Was with Togi Makabe Tomoki Hanma Ryuzuki Taguchi and Rocky Romero Taking on the team of Jushin Thunder Liger Tiger Mask, Yotosuji and Yuyamura. Mm. Um, the, the Togi Makabe team ended up winning uh, at 9 minutes and 40 seconds via submission on the first night uh, The second night Jushin Thunder Liger teamed with Sho and Yo taking on Tiger Mask Taguchi and Rocky Romero, they won that match uh, At 9 minutes and 5 seconds via pinfall And then on the final night in the biggest match of Liger's uh, run here uh, during this short tour He teamed up in the main event with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi to take on the team of uh, Kazushiko Okada, Yoshihashi, and Rocky Romero. And the team of Okada, Yoshihashi, and Rocky Romero defeated them at 15 minutes and 40 seconds via pinfall in what was a fantastic match. Um, What were your thoughts here on Liger's last three matches in Cork and Hall?
0: Man, it was a bittersweet moment kind of seeing these final three matches here um, You know, the the first two matches, you know, were kind of your typical I uh, mean, you know, kind of New Japan dad type role matches And you slider kind of giving back and spending some time there With the Young Lions and a lot of the juniors that are going to be in that um, that eight-man tag On that the first night of Wrestle Kingdom 14 but then that last match was truly special. We yeah. he comes out in the the black liger gear, the
1: CTU gear,
0: yeah, and um, which
1: we have not seen in, since like before this decade. I mean, it's been a long time,
0: right? And when he debuted that gear, he like won his match in like three minutes, right?
1: Yeah, it was in the dome. It was against Otani, and he fucked him up bad. <laughs> that was that was when he uh, formed the uh, CT, which was the uh, Control Terrorism Unit, which was a uh, uh, an evil heel stable that was headed by a uh, Liger from like 04 to 07, I believe, something like that. And um, yeah, I mean, and so it's funny because like when when you when you and uh, Rich Somm, you were like TNA Liger. <laughs> <laughs> and like in the back of my head I was like, yeah, he was TNA Liger because or that's when he was in TNA, but he was actually CTU Liger. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool because we've seen different inter, uh, iterations of uh, you know Jushin Thunder Liger over the past year we got to see Kishin Liger and Battle Liger and you know the the various different incarnations of, of his character and CTU Liger is one of his most dominant characters that he ever had and uh, yeah it was really cool to see him bust that out on the final night in Cork and Hall.
0: Yeah he looked great in that the CTU it's uh, a, Black Liger it's a cool attire yeah it's really awesome and he
1: He's badass,
0: yeah. And then the closing stretch with him and Okada was just great, and just I
1: just I want an Okada and Liger match. <laughs> I they fucked up. What they needed to do was have Okada drop the strap night one. <laughs> <laughs> Okada drops the strap night one, and then he comes out and wrestles Jushin Thunder Liger, the Ace versus Liger, in the dome. Co-main event, and that would have been fucking awesome. I, I want to see these two guys wrestle, and we're yeah, never going to see
0: it. Right. This this closing stretch was awesome, and uh, Liger just fighting his hardest. I mean, some of the hardest shotes I've seen. Yo, he <laughs> shoted
1: the fuck out of Okada. <laughs> it was awesome. Bow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there's so many great near falls towards the end there, bro.
1: The Liger bomb that he hit. Okada yes, with that was Liger awesome. bomb
0: was dope. And then, you know, trying for the brain buster, but finally he got caught with the Rainmaker, 1-2-3, Okada, pins Liger in his final Corkin Hall match of his career. And it was a great moment.
1: Yeah, and the interesting thing was, like, you kind of expected maybe there'd be a big send-off, big ceremony. Nah, there was none of that. He took that pinfall, he did the J-O-B And then he got out of the ring and then there was an angle and we'll get to that here in a moment We talk about these uh Double dash gold competitors, but uh, you know, it's just interesting I kind of was expecting like a a a big hoopla for uh, Liger and cork and hall, but nah, it wasn't even all that like he came in he did did work Did the job had some good matches and got out of there.
0: Yeah So anything else on Liger?
1: I love you Liger
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, I want to talk about uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata So on night one, Sonata and Evil faced uh, dangerous tickers Sabre and Tai Chi, and uh, Sonata pinned Sabre on that first night
1: I'm really digging this storyline Yeah I liked that, and and the funny thing with those pinfalls was like They were doing the kind of thing that you'd see where like They're in a, a pinning predicament where like they roll Pin, roll, pin, roll, pin I don't know how to kind of describe it But they both have each other hooked And it just depends on the leverage and momentum Which guy's shoulders are on the mat And they're kind of doing that And very, very rarely do you ever see someone Actually get pinned off of one of those It's usually a stalemate Right But nah, like
0: Sonata caught Sabre
1: No, 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 Taichi caught Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: on the first night, Sonata caught, caught Sabre
1: No um, Saber Or was the caught, second night Sabre caught Sonata the first night.
0: Okay, okay, I got them mixed up. I thought yeah. it was the other way around.
1: Yeah Sabre caught Sonata the first night. uh they were going back and forth back and forth and then he just rolls him up and he like kind of clinches it a little bit more one, two three and it's like, holy shit he pinned this guy right. and so that was like that kind of was the setup for the second match on uh twelve twenty
0: right Where it was, uh Sonata and Chingo defeating Sabre and Tai Chi and this time it was Sonata who caught uh Sabre and hooked him in the right place and got the pinfall there.
1: Now, what I thought was interesting, it tied it up one-to-one, but it wasn't like they were in the middle of some sort of big back-and-forth uh, scenario. Uh, Sonata just, like, rolled him up and caught him. like, And, like, uh, Zack didn't have an answer for it. Right. And it was actually one of the pinfalls, um, one of the Lucha Libre pinfalls that we've seen Sonata pin Zack Sabre with in the past. So... Uh, kind of interesting, it seemed like Zach didn't really have him scouted for that maneuver Because it's the same move that uh, Sonata has beaten him with in the in the past as well It's like a bridging clutch sort of pinfall Right,
0: and the whole kind of story they've been telling this whole year Between uh, Sonata and Sabre has been Sonata is the one guy in the roster that can keep up with Sabre With the technical wrestling and the all map. the holes and uh, pinfall maneuvers like that And so Sonata has beaten Sabre Like what three four five times throughout this Year in multi-man matches and In you know G1 Um, So Sonata's had Sabres number this whole year
1: yeah and You know it goes back to last year's G1 When they first faced off and They had what I thought was an extremely Underrated match and you remember at the time When I saw it, I was like this is 70s world of sport yeah (laughs) (laughs) Fucking awesome so um, You know I, I, I Think that the stuff that's between them Is really great um I'm very excited for their dome match. We did not end up getting a third and uh, deciding tag team match between them on 12-21. The match was supposed to be Dangerous Techers against Sonata and Bushi. But uh, due to excuse me a facial injury suffered by Sonata the night prior, they ended up scrapping the uh, tag match and did a singles match. We ended up getting Zach Sabre Jr. against Bushi in singles competition, which I was like, oh, that's weird.
0: Well, yeah, that's weird. Uh, Sonata's going to squash this guy. I mean, uh, Sabre's going to squash this guy, yeah. and we're going to move on with the card. It was a short match, five minutes and 20 seconds, but Bushi gets to win here with a, 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 a I forgot what kind of clutch it was, but it was kind of a bridging clutch, and he caught uh, Sabre and pinned him. Shocked. I couldn't believe it
1: I was shocked You should have seen my face I was like Yeah I was sitting there And I was watching And I was like What the fuck I just kept saying that to myself I couldn't believe it I was like I was trying I was watching this to somebody I was trying to explain it to them I was like You don't understand Bushy's a junior heavyweight Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the most feared Competitors and grapplers in all of New Japan Pro Wrestling Like I I, I was trying They're a WWE fan I was trying to explain it I was like "All right, imagine Shorty G Beats like Randy Orton (laughs) 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 Like it's kind of like that Like what (laughs) Where did this come from Like this is from out of nowhere this came
0: out of nowhere And it was so weird And I'm What I'm guessing is The plan for this match was For Sonata and Bushi to win And Sonata was probably going to catch Sabre again and Penn Saber
1: I can't I don't even know that at the time When I saw this I was like uh, I had some sort of theory in my Mind but I've, it's kind of eluded me now now That I'm reliving it I'm like Why did they have bushy beats Zack Saber am I am I not Analyzing this correctly like there has To be some sort of Gator reason For this right
0: I mean I'm th- what's, What I'm thinking is th- the original Booking was for L.I.J. to go up And Danger tickets To go down and they decided oh, Let's not change it up we'll just pull surprise And have Bushi pin Sabre
1: Alright well because I've got this theory that I see potentially The entirety of LIJ doing The roll call with all the gold At the end of the night uh, You know come January 5th Well This kind of makes me question Whether that's a realistic possibility Or not because it's like okay Bushi beat Zack Sabre Jr Why did Bushi Beat Zack Sabre Jr if, like, for instance, Zach turns around and just beats Sonata, I guess Bushi could be some sort of viable challenger, maybe, say, in the UK for this belt. But then that leads me to think that maybe Sonata's not winning the belt. True. And maybe my theory about them all holding gold at the end of the night is a little far-fetched. On the un- other side of things, well, maybe Sonata's winning. And then at that point, why do they do this? I've got no <laughs> clue It, it's you know bushy is somebody who's pulled some surprise upset wins in the past over guys like didn't he beat bad luck Folly yeah. one time yeah. so I mean like <laughs> it's not completely unheard of but I'm like I I, I was kind of surprised and like kind of happy to see the surprise because I'm like that's fun and exciting I just don't get it and I'm not complaining about it I just don't I'm trying to understand it and I don't understand it yeah
0: the only thing that makes sense to me is that that was the original finish for the match Was Sabre getting pinned by Sonata And then deciding not to change it and just have Bushi do it
1: Yeah, so. and, and like there was a part of it like Well, maybe there's the fact that it's like They got Zack in there with Bushi and like uh, You know, they're kind of like Oh, well, this is like too obvious Right So Bushi, you're going over <laughs> <laughs> Or
0: it could be maybe Sonata's more hurt than we think he is And Bushi ends up being his replacement at the dome.
1: I'm sorry. Okay, you hit it right on the nail. That is what my theory was. Remember when I was sitting here and I was like, I had a theory last night. I couldn't remember what it was. That is my theory. My theory is that they gave Bushi the win in case, just in case, as a backup, Sonata won't be ready because he is actually supposedly injured. So, what if he is unable to go? And that is something I've thought about a lot when when it comes to the uh, double gold or to uh, the double Wrestle Kingdom cards It's like well, they've got a lot planned out. What if one of these guys gets injured night one or night two? What are they gonna do? They're gonna have to like kind of scramble and with how hard these guys wrestle and the stage and everything like that That's definitely a realistic possibility So I think that might be the one of the main reasons Bushi beat him is like to potentially set him up as a uh
0: Replacement as yeah. a
1: replacement challenger. And then hypothetically, let's say he does become the the challenger. He's probably not gonna win. And um, you know, so Zach can retain, but then like let's say Zach and Sonata wrestle. Well, at some point I assume Zach's gonna either retain or get the title back because he's like the top guy in rep pro. And you've got an easy title defense with Bushi set up for like maybe Eight months down the road or whatever, you right. know what I mean. So I mean, it just kind of it, it kind of does make sense once you think of it that way. But uh, it only makes more sense to me when I think about the injury angle of it, and I forgot about that. So I'm glad you reminded me. Yep uh, had had you thought of that last night as well? Well,
0: yeah, that's what I thought about too. I was like, I for, I was trying to remember myself. Like, that's there. the only other thing I can think about. Like either it was the original right. finish or they're setting up Bushi in case Sonata can't go. Yeah,
1: I don't like I don't like the original idea angle because I don't think that that's necessarily the case. But when when the the Injuries in play that makes Total sense to me So um let's move On so um A couple guys I want to talk about and there's Not a lot to talk about but just a couple Things here H- have you Noticed that on these undercard Matches there seems to be some sort of issue Between um Togi magabe and yota suji
0: Yeah suji
1: What's going on there
0: i don't Know i think it's suji trying to step up and You know pick on you know togi makabe one of the you know tougher more grizzled veterans and you know suji's just trying to make a name for himself and
1: Yeah, it's been interesting. So, you know, we've seen togi makabe and suji on opposite ends the first night They were both on opposite sides of the opening eight-man tag match Um, Suji ended up having a singles match against hanari losing on the second night uh, Six minutes and 15 seconds and then on the final night he was um, on the win- th- He was on the opposite end with uh, Taguchi and Hanma taking on Makabe, Tiger Mask, and Yuu. More and his team lost at ten minutes and twenty seconds. And on both the first and third night, post match and pre match, he was trying to like start something with Togi Makabe, and I'm like, where the fuck? Where is this, <laughs> what is this like? Where's this coming from? And it a little bit kind of reminded me of like when Hanare was trying to start stuff with Ishii and Fale. Yeah. It also kind of reminded me of um, Last year when Nagata and Ishii were kind of getting into it I'm wondering if maybe there's a slight Feud in play between Han or between uh, Makabe and Yotsuji Maybe on, like one of these US shows or one of the smaller shows or opening match sort of uh, deal. Yeah um, But what do you think that says? I mean the fact that they're giving I mean I don't think it's by accident that Suji's attacking the same guy night after night. No,
0: I think it's clearly something similar to the Hanare Ichi, and I think it's going to be a situation where Suji Suji has a series of matches with Makabe in multi man matches that will, you know, culminate in you know a big one on one match maybe on one of these Road to New Beginnings or maybe even on the opening match of one of the New Beginnings shows, um, and just kind of set him up because you know Suji and Yumuro are the only two. Uh, New japan young lions that are currently you know active right now The uh, the others are on excursion and the others are la dojo guys, so It's time to start giving some emphasis to suji and Yamura. start giving them some programs and storylines
1: The other thing too, I just want to touch base on hanari I don't think there's anything story based with him But he did end up having a singles match with yota suji, which I thought was okay. It was pretty good but Hanara looked really has been looking more and more like uh, fit on this tour, more and more motivated. I know we talked a lot about him during World Tag League, but even more so here, and I think that this thing that they keep talking about him, uh, you know, working in these uh, Muay Thai camps, might be something that's really helping him from a like physiological and also psychological standpoint.
0: Right, he was definitely getting in shape for the uh, the bodybuilding contests that happened. Um, the WBF. <laughs> Did you ever see the WBF stuff? I've seen some clips of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, definitely in better shape and looked really good in these matches.
1: So, uh, any other major storylines? I know there was a few other feuds here that that were highlighted each night. Right, we
0: had um, the storyline with Pungi three K, and Bullet Club being continued. We had one point um, after. Oh, and those
1: were actually really well done, I thought.
0: Yeah. Uh, We had an angle after the Liger match Where um, Phantasmo and Ishimori Attacked Rapungi 3K after the match Attacked Rocky uh, Laid out Yo for belt shot And then Phantasmo did the dick punch to show Punched
1: him in the balls
0: (laughs) To show And then he did the same thing to Yo and Rocky before leaving So got some heat there And then on the following night Rapungi 3K had jumped um, Bullet Club And hit them with the 3K And got their trophies back
1: yeah, and that was pretty cool to see them kind of get a slight uh, bit of comeuppance And sort of even the playing field going into Wrestle Kingdom I thought these angles were done really well And they got a good uh, crowd reaction for sure
0: Then there was also the Goto and Kenta rivalry um, So we had several uh, chaos matches versus Bullet Club on night one We had Goto Ishii, Yo defeating Kenta, Yujiro, Taiji, and Fantasmo on night two we had Goto, Ishii, and uh Juice defeating Kenta, Yujiro, and G O D. And then on the final night, we had uh Bullet Club defeating Goto, Finjuice, Juice, and Toa Hanare.
1: Yeah, and they also kind of um, you know, tied in did you mention you talked about Finjuice Juice and G O D? Yeah, yeah, so
0: yeah, you know, so this was kind of a, a mix of Kenta and Goto and then Yep. The IWGP tag title match With Finn Juice and Girls of Destiny
1: And you know um, I've got to say this um, I'm looking forward to both of those matches Both the tag match and the never open weight, uh title match But there's not a lot During these matches that got me Super excited for either one of these feuds Do I am I alone in that
0: no to me These kind of counts just as you know Regular road to multi Man matches or where yes there wasn't a lot of angles, there wasn't a lot of heat going into these matches yep. it was, It's just, you know, play by the numbers, kind of heel team versus face team Row 2 multi-man match
1: Yeah, there wasn't a lot to sink your teeth into, which was kind of unfortunate Because um, everybody else seemed to really be doing a lot to kind of I mean, I'm more excited to see, like, from a story standpoint The heat between Makabe and Yotasuji <laughs> <laughs> Than I am to see Kenta and Goto based off of these angles and or lack thereof which was a little surprising. I kind of thought that with how much they put into to uh Goto and Kenta that we would be getting more during these matches. Right,
0: I was expecting more angles, more post match attacks, more promos didn't get anything. Yeah.
1: That which was weird, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, strange. And you know, I know this company's not an angle heavy company. They don't have to do that. All the time, but this is a really personal issue This one between kenta and goto as a proxy for uh, (laughs) shibata and uh, the fact that they didn't do much during these tours just kind of was weird to me. I don't know. Yeah So let's talk about the the thing that we've been tiptoeing around which is the the main, you know draw I would say for the uh, road to tokyo dome, which is the double Gold dash
0: right so all The competitors in the double gold dash uh, Face each other in tag matches So on night one We had Kota Ibushi and Roshi Tanahashi That defeated Naito And Shingo and then Jay White And Chase Owens defeated Okada And Yoshihashi
1: Yes and um interesting Thing here uh, during that match They set it up at the end so that Shingo would take the pinfall But in the midst of doing so look Extremely dominant Dominant (laughs) against uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi so much so that it looked like he was getting ready to put Tanahashi away but the only thing that separated them was Tanahashi's greater experience wiles and uh, age and he was able to kind of outsmart Shingo and roll him up at the last minute. Right, yeah, he the countered
0: way. the last of the dragon into a victory roll,
1: which also by the way, I don't know <laughs> I don't know how much older Tanahashi actually even is and Shingo, I don't think he's that much older to be honest with you. I think they've been wrestling like pretty <laughs> about the same, yeah. <laughs> about the same amount, but because like Shingo wasn't here, he's like
0: the rookie. He's the rookie. <laughs> it's you know? like when Daniel Bryan yeah. first came into WWE like this <laughs> this young upstar. This young upstar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's when when I saw him pin him and Everything about him pinning him, like, screamed, like, this, this, like, young greenhorn. I was like, oh, (laughs) the rookie. (laughs) The rookie, Shingo (laughs) Takagi. And I was like, oh, God. And they were like, he almost, he almost, (laughs) he barely, he basically had Tanahashi. And I was like, oh, my God. But uh, I thought this match was really good. Um, You know, we know all about Naito and uh, Kota Ibushi, given the fact that, of the feud that they had this past year over the IC title, and even you know extending further back than that, and um, you know, there's nothing in me that wants to see these two guys wrestle again, if only because I like both of these guys, I want to see them be safe. <laughs> 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 but I thought this, uh, I thought this tag match was actually pretty good. Yeah, I thought
0: it was pretty good. And so we have a uh, Kota Kota Ibushi getting some momentum coming out of this match, and yes. Naito's team. Taking a loss there.
1: Also, I'm like, who's going to beat Ibushi and Tanahashi? Like,
0: right. Golden Aces. Yeah, the
1: Golden Aces. God.
0: <laughs> and I definitely want to see a Shingo-Tanahashi singles match next I year. I want to
1: see Shingo against everybody. Everybody, yes. Like, yeah. we need to do,
0: you know how they're doing the Hazuki like gauntlet against uh, yeah. Odio Like, They need to do the Shingo gauntlet. Well, not he... really.
1: I see you guys post stuff about somebody named Hazuki doing <laughs> something, and I'm like, all right. <laughs>
0: Uh, they need to do a Shingo Gauntlet where he just runs against the whole roster
1: And then um, the other match from this night Jay White teaming up with Chase Owens Defeating the team of Kazushiko Kata and Yoshihashi
0: Yeah, and this match was fine It was fine Uh, Jay White catches Yoshihashi with the Blade Runner Gets the win there So Jay picks some, some momentum up here Okaya's team takes a loss
1: yeah, and I mean, you know, Okada and Jay White have lots of history. Obviously the, the fact of Jay White coming up through chaos and turning on chaos and joining and becoming the leader of the bull club, all kind of culminating in their uh big match last year at Wrestle Kingdom and then, you know, the the big uh title match that they had this past year at uh um, G one Supercard. So I mean there's a lot of history between these two. Uh I I think that this preview night is a night that we're never going to see come January 4th and January 5th Like I don't think we're seeing this matchup in any way shape or form These are what I would say are the least likely outcomes of matches that we might potentially see
0: Totally agree So um, that takes us to night two So on night two we had Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi the golden aces They defeated Jay White and Chase Owens and then we had A multi mad match With L.I.J. of Naito Evil, Hiromu and Bushi Taking on the Chaos team of Okada Yoshihashi and the Birds of Prey And the Chaos team Got the win here
1: I was upset it wasn't an elimination match
0: Yeah <laughs> That that would have been a fun one um, So yeah, Will Ospreay Gets the, the pin over Bushi To get the, the win here
1: Yep, um Pretty good match Um, You know, it was very interesting When Chaos and LIJ went head to head Because, uh, and I even text you this Throughout this tour I don't think Naito has looked Very good, and I know that seems To be kind of I know That a lot of people were critical About what happened during the Feud with him and Ibushi Mm -hmm. And we were too But we're also like these guys take their own risks. They're clear to do their own things, blah, blah. But there's no denying that since that feud, going into the G1, Naito's not looked the same all year long. And during these three matches in particular, I thought Naito looked worse than he normally does.
0: Yeah, you texted that to me, and like, I guess maybe I wasn't focusing just on Naito because to me he looked just as rough as he's been looking. His the were, latter part of the year, his
1: legs were wrapped all the way up, like he was Sakuraba or something, and he was botching. Did you notice how much he was botching stuff?
0: I didn't. I must. Yeah.
1: Stuff he's normally good at doing, like uh, what's what's the one move where he jumps over and kicks their feet? The combination. John de Cabron. Yeah, he was like not landing that right. The. You know, uh, he was having issues with the uh tornado DDT, like just stuff that he always hits. Like yeah, he wasn't hitting a lot of it right. Um, and it's not that he was wrestling bad, it wasn't that, it's just he, his, movement, off. his movement was off. Um, but even with all that, when him and Okada stood face to face. The crowd was so overwhelmingly In favor of Naito Like it was kind of jarring A little <laughs> bit Like I'm like This man's so broken down And this crowd does not care They fucking love him
0: Yeah And the, yeah, the, the thing where like Red shoes would be like Testing to see like yes. Which person got like The bigger uh, crowd pop For the chance or whatever Yeah Yeah the crowd was definitely Firmly behind Naito on this night uh, You know they want to see You know Naito beat Okada In the dome And get that big moment
1: Yep so, um, and I thought this match was great, um, but, you know, um, I think that night two is the exact scenario that we're seeing come Wrestle Kingdom. I think Ibushi is going to lose to Okada. We're going to see him facing off against Jay White in the, uh, you know, losers match. And I think we're going to end up seeing Okada and, and uh, Naito. I think this was a, a fine little teaser for those matches. It didn't, like, overstay its welcome. And I actually thought the main event was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it was a... Uh- Great main event Definitely should go uh, Out of your way Check that one out as well Also what I loved about um, The Ibushi and Tanahashi Versus Jay White and Chase There was callbacks To when Ibushi and Chase Teamed together At the beginning of the match Chase was trying to get Ibushi to 2 sweet him We
1: haven't We need to talk about that What's going on with Bullet Club trying to get Ibushi to join them
0: Yeah I guess if you know Apparently you know Chase was telling Jay You know yeah we teamed Last year we're cool He's trying to get Ibushi To throw up a 2 sweet. He's like Remember, remember, we, we teamed last year. We're good. Well, Jay,
1: Jay was getting in his face. He's like, he's like, I like the way you think. I like what you're doing. He's like, you you slapped Okada in the head with a, <laughs> the briefcase. With a briefcase. He's like, we can we can help you. He's right. like, we can help you, Ibushi. And um, there's backstage promos that Ibushi was cutting. You know, saying like, what is it? Why do people get keep trying to make me join the Bullet Club? Which kind of made me think about like last year and
0: right, it totally plays into the story last year with Kenny Omega and everything. Mm -hmm. And then that weird tour where uh, Abushi teamed with Chase and (laughs) Utero Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and that whole tour they tried to like teach Abushi how to do the two (laughs) sweet, and he would always like like give him like like, like a high high five five or like (laughs) yeah or adapt to the two sweet. So yeah, I like that kind of storytelling and you know. This whole, you know, Abushi being kind of lured in by the Bull Club And Tanahashi wanting Abushi to kind of, you know, be his, like, kind of, you know, mentee And, you know, be like, the next kind of, like, big star for the company And then you have the bull Club that's always kind of trying to lure Abushi in And take him to the dark side
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely So um, I do wonder if maybe the that's a tease for something that could hypothetically actually happen And we're just not seeing it Or if it's just another one of those things that... You know, it's just a a little wrinkle a little intrigue, but ultimately it's not leading to anything really, you know Yeah, and then um, finally we have the final night December 21st 2019 Um, Tetsuya Naito and Shingo Takagi Defeated the team of Jay White and Chase Owens finally putting Naito in the win column during uh, this little uh, three-night tour and then uh, we already talked about it in the final match Okada Yoshihashi and Rocky Romero defeated Kota Ibushi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Chushin Thunder Liger. Both of these matches were really great.
0: Yeah, uh, Shingo got the win for the team there. Hit the uh, last of the Dragon on Chase Owens. And we mentioned Okada hit the Rainmaker on Jushin Thunder Liger. So, I know we were kind of leaning in the camp last week that uh, Naito's teams are probably going to
1: lose every match. Lose every match. And I was
0: wrong. But uh, Naito did get a win here. Um, well, technically Shingo got the win, but his team did get a win here. But still, Naito didn't get a win, so... Some of the other guys did, Okada got wins Jay White got wins, Ibushi got wins
1: It was interesting, they mentioned on commentary That Shingo and uh, Chase Owens Were the top two leading uh, Pinfall scorers for the entire Calendar year,
0: right, just the number Of multi-man matches they've been in Of getting the most pins, and that just Shows you like the elevation of Chase Owens um, The amount of pins that he's gotten This year He's the man, he is the man, the crown jewel um, So yeah, the two great Matches here and which leads to the post match angle in the main Which event. I loved. Yeah, so we had Okada. He pins uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, kind of get that that moment there of Liger's, um, you know, last match, and then we get the snow falling in Cork and Hall, which we always get on the last row two Show. I-, I love
1: when the snow would, like <laughs> drops on the final night. Like it just it makes you feel good inside. Like that's kind of like your the thing that signifies to you like the year's over. Holiday times are here, and we're going to gift to you the gift of the best pro wrestling show of the year. Wrestle Kingdom. (laughs)
0: Yes. So it's awesome. So then Ibushi comes out, and he has a standoff with Okada. And then while they're standing off, Jay White comes out and attacks both of them. And then Naito comes out, and there's a big brawl. Uh, Gato uh, hits a chair shot on Naito. Then Jay White starts beating everyone down. Then Okada lays out Gato. And White hits Okada with a beautiful Saito Suplex. Uh, he beats down, he beats him down. Then, but Okada comes back for drop kick, and he gets the mic and he runs down all three men and he proclaims himself as the best wrestler in the world.
1: Yep, and I thought that this was really a brilliant, um, a brilliant angle because you you kind of almost. See for me anyways when the snow falls it means that it's a time of peace and the show's over It's kind of like when um You're watching like nxt or wwe at the end of the pay-per-view and the logo goes up and you're like, okay It's over. We're good, right? And then except for even more so because there's like the positive connotations of the snowfall and everything that it represents you know, I think about the last few years and like How those shows ended and then this fucker jay white (laughs) He comes out to to ruin everything, and then like he gets the best, he gets the better of. Oh, and bro, how great was that Saito suplex yes. he hit on
0: Abushi? Uh, yes, the both of them, both Okada of, and Abushi, but the Abushi one,
1: Abushi like, actually the Naito and I think the Naito and Abushi, the first two, the Naito and Abushi ones were better, and then I thought the Okada one was so so.
0: But yeah, the one on Abushi, Abushi had that. He extra,
1: snapped the shit out of him.
0: Yes, because I think abushi's like jumped into it like more than everybody else did taking that that uh, flat neck bump
1: bro yeah and then um so that was crazy and then you know the the, the one right after that with uh, <laughs> then and then um yeah so he he jumps both of those guys and then Naito comes out to make the save and he's getting the better of of uh JY I don't remember how but JY catches him and takes him out too and then he's he it looks like he's going to stand tall cuz he's starting to take out uh Okada but Okada you know, gets the better of him and lays him out and stands tall at the end of it. And I'm like, thank God, you know, goodness has prevailed this <laughs> Christmas, you know, moment. And uh, that was, I, I really liked that post-match angle. And it kind of like just built like a little bit of uh, anticipation. If we, if, we were to, if we were to judge based off of this angle, it would lead you to believe that we're getting Jay White and uh, Okada as the finals in the dome because they were the two most dominant looking guys during the angle.
0: Which, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't
1: think so either.
0: But yeah, we'll give our official dome uh, predictions next week. But yeah, that wraps up the road to Tokyo Dome. Three very good shows with some, um, you know, some great highlight matches throughout. So go ahead if you haven't watched those yet. I would definitely, you know, watch these shows. It'll help you get pumped up for Wrestle Kingdom. Awesome. So now we have uh, several questions here, and then we'll go into the news. So, first question from Reddit user Fonz96 In a hypothetical scenario, while during the Ibushi versus Okada match If one of them at some point were to hit the one-winged angel Which guy doing the move would be a better storytelling slash markout moment in your guy's opinion?
1: The better moment, in my opinion, is... Um I would actually rather see Jay White land the one-winged mm. angel on Ibushi.
0: Get the win that way.
1: I think Abushi would kick out of it. Because mm. he's the only guy that's ever kicked out of Kenny Omega's version of the one-winged angel. And from a, even from a kayfabe perspective, I think he should kick out of it if Jay White lands it. But I think Jay White should do it to him. Now, I'd be fine with Okada. I don't think Abushi should be doing it. Um... It's fine if Abushi does it, you know? It's fine. Well, there's there's the story where you could have Abushi land it and lose the match and it doesn't help him.
0: Right. This whole story of like Kenny Omega just is not good for Abushi and the one wing angel doesn't help him out here.
1: That there's that or Okada lands it. And Abushi kicks out, but then it like changes his demeanor, like the rest of the match, you know, and like right. maybe like brings him down. I don't know. Both of those are really uh, good ways to go. I uh, I like my version of it better. I like my version where Jay White's the one who does it to Abushi. But uh, in this scenario, I think I like and didn't didn't Jay attempt the one wing angel in the G one finals match? I think he's tried something. I don't remember specifically. I know
0: he was doing like he did. The styles clash and who
1: would you mark out for more if Abushi tried to do it or if Okada tried to do it to Abushi? I think I would mark out more if Okada did it to Abushi.
0: Yeah, I think it would be more like disrespectful, like, yeah. oh, like pulled fuck. out your X Man's move, <laughs> 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 fuck you and your man. <laughs> <laughs> but I still think it, it would be pretty cool though if like a Bushi, we saw Omega bust out the Phoenix Splash at a full gear. So it would be kind of like an answer back of like a Bushi did do like a One Wing Angel.
1: That's a good question. I never thought of that. Yeah. yeah.
0: So good question there. So next question from Reddit user Zach Saber Time: Would you guys agree that the three-time NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion, the Crown Jewel Chase Owens and Jay White, were the MVPs of the last three shows? They had great matches with Shingo Naito, and Abushi Tanahashi.
1: That's a really good point. Uh, you're absolutely right, Zack Sabre Time. They did have fantastic. Uh, I wouldn't say like over the top, but they had very good matches each and every single night. Um, would you? Do you think that they're the MVPs? I mean, who do you think are the MVPs? Uh, I don't
0: know. I, I think. Like osprey probably osprey. Yeah,
1: (laughs) like I know that that's a cheat answer like I know it's not what people want to hear because it's like osprey had the best but it's like it is osprey (laughs) (laughs) And it's because he was on the opposite end of Hiromu each night it if you want my honest opinion the mvps are probably hiromu and will Osprey. osprey
0: And maybe you can throw Ishii in there and
1: You could except for Ishii like, had the one banger Whereas those guys night after night Throughout the tour um, But I don't think that um, Chase Owens and, and um, Jay White are very far off And I think you make a compelling argument for that for sure Yeah
0: So Zach Sabertime also asks He says rewatch Okada versus Sonata For King of Pro Wrestling Because of Match of the Year reasons and I think the only bad thing about it was the 20 Dragon Sleeper attempts. Is it time to drop the Dragon Sleeper? I think the Moonsault is pretty good, but the Sleeper just detracts from the match now.
1: Well, let's be clear here, Zack Sabertime. time. It's not a Dragon Sleeper. It is the Skull End.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I think it's a different... No, but to be honest, I kind of do think it's a different move. Like, I don't know... It- Sometimes he hits it like a dragon sleeper and then then other times it's a neck crank and I think it's supposed to actually just be like a neck crank The problem
0: is it just looks like the guy can pop their head out at any second
1: Yeah, it's terrible. It looks terrible Uh, My problem with it is that it looks terrible. Yeah, (laughs) but um sometimes he hits it good Sometimes it looks great
0: like if he's gonna do it. I want to see him do it like either ultimo dragon style or Drew Gulak style, where he gets some, he locks the feet in. He, he actually has some traps.
1: I loved when Ultima would bridge guys backwards and do it. Yeah. You know who used to do a dragon sleeper for a little bit and people f- kind of forget? Who? Taker.
0: Yes, he did. Taker yeah, yeah. was
1: hitting people with the dragon sleeper and shit.
0: Like during the <laughs> uh, American Badass phase.
1: Um, I, For some reason, I think he was doing it like during the. Original like um return to the dead man gimmick Mm, like like oh seven oh six I think he was doing it again like because he was
0: still doing a lot of submissions he was doing like the gogo plata and some other triangle chokes
1: he was doing a triangle before he started doing the gogo plata which is weird yeah just want to say I've 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 hit a gogo plata in real (laughs) in in actual competition you know how hard that is no it's like one of the most it's it's a really hard move to actually like hit. In you know actual like competition Or in training it's But I've hit it uh, Taker's gogopata is shit <laughs> It looks so bad It sucks
0: <laughs> But yeah um, Sonata skull and sucks as well And I would like <laughs> to see him Either just use the mood of moonsault Or like I mentioned last week I think like a, a standing Like sliced bread Would be kind of cool for him to use Or something Some other kind of high impact The TKO Is a move he uses all the time I think the TKO would be a great finisher Or set up for the moonsault rather than the skull in Yep And one last question from Zach Sabre time He says Akira Akira Maeda match recommendations Jeremy (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any (laughs) Okay
1: So Akira Maeda uh, let's go through a couple Things Um, well my favorite Akira Maeda match of all time is uh, Him and Fujinami from 86 I've actually showed that match to you and Rich It's the one where he hits him with the uh uh, the cartwheel kick and Fujinami starts oh, yeah. bleeding <laughs> everywhere, and they have to go to the double countout yeah. or the double knockout. It's fucking off. Aw- it's one of the best New Japan 80s matches there ever was. Um, that match is awesome. Um, his match with him and Takata against Kijimuto and Shiro Koshinaka in 87 got five stars from uh, Dave Meltzer. It's not five stars, <laughs> <laughs> but Dave thought it was eighty 87, so that's fine. Um, if you go through his stuff from like... Um, rings his stuff with Volkan obviously is legendary Temora, uh Dick Leon Vrish I think that's how you say his name Oh the Hulk Hogan match in the early 80s is actually really 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 good um, Check that out and then if you look at his stuff in um, UWF his match from November of 88 with Takata or with uh, Yeah with with Nobuhiko Takata is probably the best 80s um, shoot style match of all time. Just incredible and it's kind of like the passing of the guard from uh from Ida to, to Takada which is it's a really special match you should definitely see it. Um his stuff with him and um just trying to think off the top of my head. Hold on, let me let me take a look at a couple uh different things I've got here. Ah man. Oh, I've got it right here. Okay, so in eight, uh oh him and him his stuff with him and um super tiger also known better as um Who's the first tiger mask? Why do I always forget his name? While well, jeremy looks that up <laughs> Um last couple things so Oh uh, god satoru sayama So yeah, and i'm not talking about the infamous match where they shoot on each other and it ends the original uwf Not that one, but some of their prior matches are really good um also some of the stuff he had with uh uh yamazaki uh, Kazao Yamazaki is pretty good from 88 and also um, Fujiwara Fujiwara and Maeda is really good Um, Also while you're at it just for historical perspective You should probably check out the match where he tries to shoot on uh, Andre the Giant And Andre gets kicked in the leg a million times and falls down on the ground and uh, Is just a drunken mess and tells him (laughs) to pin him a million times I (laughs) know he has to run in the ring and stop the fight also the, the match in 88 where he shoot kicks Ricky Choshu in the head And breaks his orbital bone and gets kicked out of uh, New Japan forever uh, That one's pretty great too So uh, not great, but the, the, the moment is one of the most important moments In the history of Pro Rezu So uh, you should probably check those out
0: Nice So uh, next question from Reddit user PSAN91 it was, it was nice for New Japan World to offer Night 2 of the Road to Tokyo Dome for free it got me to thinking: Should New Japan World offer free one-month trials like the WWE Network?
1: That's an interesting question. Um, I'm gonna say no, but that doesn't mean that I have the right answer. I don't actually know. My guess is that that doesn't work. Um, I think it's one of those things that like WWE does that. Is Sort of like a gimmick to try and inflate their numbers for their shareholders, right? But I haven't seen anything that leads me to believe that it actually hooks people or or keeps them sticking around I could be wrong. I'm not a social media manager or a business analyst So I'm not telling you for sure whether they should or shouldn't but um, I think people buy New Japan world To stick with it and once and once they see the product they stick around I don't think they need a gimmick like a one month trial to convince people to do that.
0: Right. I do like the idea of offering up, you know, shows. So they did like the Road to Tokyo Dome the second night. I do like the idea of in the middle of a tour, you offer up one of the nights of the tour as a free night. Hey, you want to check this new Japan stuff out? Right. Check out this free show. There's more shows coming in this tour. Subscribe and you can watch the rest of the tour. I like that. I, I like Maybe even the idea of a free week During like maybe like Best of Super Juniors That's or, a cool or, idea. or G1 or something like that A free week and then you subscribe for the rest of the time
1: Well here's, here's the drawback You give away a free show um, You don't have your hooks In anybody and like We all kind of know I mean we've all done it You know you sign up for a service And they give you like a special introductory rate Or introductory offer and it lasts Like Amazon for instance you know you get One free week of amazon.com but you actually have to sign up for it You know, what I mean Mm -hmm. and then you forget about it and then you you're on reoccurring billing and you're getting billed for it and There are some people that they kind of need to if they want to grow this thing to get in that way because all businesses do So, I mean giving away a free show is cool but it's not going to necessarily Entice somebody to actually sign up. I think they need something that gets people to sign up I just don't know if one free month is that thing right but there's obviously the aspect where someone needs to put down their credit card info and pay for this shit <laughs> You know <laughs> right so there's that but I think a one a one-week trial is not a bad idea
0: Yeah, I like yeah, I think very minimum don't give them a month because I mean they could sign up Depending on when they do it in a month like best of super junior or g1 where they're getting all these great shows and matches I'm like, all right. I'll hop out. I saw what I needed to see So yep So, uh, next question from Reddit user Bravo Tango Zulu. During the road to Tokyo Dome, English commentary was talking about the double gold dash loser match on the 5th as if it was a number one contenders match. Will it actually be a number one contenders match?
1: We've been telling you the last few weeks we think it will be. And I think that them alluding to it on commentary gives you everything you need to know.
0: Right. You know, I talked about this last week. You know, Rich asked about this. You know, what match... On the Tokyo Dome cards could be the the Number one contender match and when you Look at it it's like The the double gold dash third place match Is the only match that makes sense And that could set up a potential future title Match so yeah I do Think it will be the number one contender match and I do Think um, it's going to build to The winner of that third place Match and the double champion Facing off at um, Osaka Joe Hall for new beginning in Osaka Yep so next question from just a little bear Zero one
1: am I saying yep a lot On this show I feel like I keep agreeing with you and going Yep <laughs> <laughs> Kind of annoying
0: sound like uh, Right back during the uh, skip shuffle Gimmick yep 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 what it do
1: Oh I don't what are you t- I don't know what you're talking about
0: during the uh, the NXT, Bro, I did not watch that shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. What it do? Yeah,
0: I think that was what, that's the what is, uh, his, uh, <laughs> his his uh, little catchphrase was.
1: Oh, I gotta watch that. <laughs>
0: Uh, so next question from Reddit user Just a little bear zero one Yep 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 what a do <laughs> Though I doubt New Japan will give much credence To our way to booking Gore forward. How much of a headache is it for NJPW To have our way to mate Dragon Lee and Ingo Bernable, Considering he broke Koromu's neck This isn't something you forget about Because you're stable allies
1: <sighs> Well You bring up something that's very interesting I think that going forward, they probably will have a rivalry. Um, and there's a lot of, I actually think this is a great question because there's a lot of talking points here and I want I want us to cover all the bases. Um, the first thing I'll, I'll say is this, and, and there's other things we need to say and we'll we'll touch them, but the first thing is this. I think sometimes, not always, but sometimes New Japan is not very good at booking real heated blood feuds. Because the company, and sometimes they they have a heated angle, but because the company is so in-ring focused, and that's one of the reasons we love the product, they sometimes lack on building the outside heated feud aspects, plus the, the fact that they give these guys a lot of autonomy to behave however they'd like on their social media and outside and what we've seen from guys like Hiromu and Dragon Dragon Lee or Ryu Lee, obviously they have what I would consider one of the best feuds of the entire decade, but most of that is based from their work in CMLL. Very little of it's based on the work in New Japan, and when it is, it's you know usually like Super Junior's work or title work. It's not really story-driven so much. It's more like a rivalry, a professional rivalry. But then you turn around and you have the angle. The guy gets his neck broken. I understand why they're doing Will Ospreay and Hiromu in the dome, and I can't fault them for that. But um, if they don't book them going forward to be one of the most heated rivalries of the last decade, then something has gone ajar or is missing with the booking in this company. And I actually fear that they will miss the boat on this because so far – It seems very friendly especially From what we see on social media and everything Like that and that concerns Me because that's not what this should be If this was Memphis or Mid-South Or Jim Crockett this would be A blood feud waiting To to happen right Yeah or Ring of Honor a decade ago I mean any
0: I think any promotion like if Yeah a guy you know breaks your neck or breaks Some body part of yours you're gonna come Back and you're gonna be pissed and you're gonna you know want to break that person's neck so And we see on night two that Hiromu and Ryu Lee Will be teaming up together And so maybe that will kick start The feud going into next year And they can really capitalize on it but Yeah It, it doesn't seem you know based off of You know like you mentioned social media that Hiromu is you know Completely heated at Ryu Lee and I don't know If we're going to get The blood food might get some a series of great Matches but I don't know if we're gonna get This blood feud of you know Hiromu Wanting to you know Get revenge on Ryuli for breaking his Neck and you know Another thing to think about here is With you know ROH forming Their own Ingo Bernabes faction I don't think New Japan is going to Consider that Faction as canon I don't think I recognize (laughs) It at all right and, and first of all, you know, Ring of Honor—they're continuing to use the Dragon Lee name, and then New Japan's using the Ryu Lee name. So it might be one of those situations where we talk about with John Moxley, where there's a New Japan John Moxley, there's an AEW John Moxley. So here we might have a Ring of Honor Dragon Lee, and you have a New Japan Ryu Lee, and they're the same person existing in two different universes.
1: Well, think of it this way: um, they didn't—we didn't get to completely see it play out, but like we had Juice Robinson and Dave Finlay in Ring of Honor last year forming Lifeblood, and aside from them like coming out with the Lifeblood music a couple times during the Honor Rising tour, you would have never known that that existed in New Japan at all.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, there was little mention of it
1: whatsoever. Yeah, so I, I think that this is a big tell. If going forward, New Japan completely and totally avoids and ignores... The Ingobernables group in ROH, you're gonna know what that means for their relationship. This is a big indicator going forward. And this is a great question because of that. You know, uh, if you don't see Kenny King coming in and working, <laughs> <laughs> King, but you know, if if you if they have these guys feuding and they're not both in in which I don't think they're going to be, no, then that tells you everything you need to to know. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest things there. Um, I think that pretty much covers it. I, I yeah. thought there's going to be more things we need to cover, but I think we... Yeah, I think, I think that's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to... I think we're going to see New Japan just completely ignore... Yeah, it's just
0: going to be really, has nothing to do with that faction, and he's going to be his own man.
1: I'm also worried, but I am completely worried that this doesn't end up being some sort of blood feud, but being... Some sort of quirky Hiromu esque, you know, weird cat and dragon man <laughs> fucking book, <laughs> crayon drawn, you know, we're frenemy sort of feuds. And it's like, dude, this man broke your neck. You should want revenge. But that's not the character they're going for. And I don't think that's the story they're going to tell. But we'll find out in that tag match, January 5th. Right. That will tell us everything we need to know.
0: So, uh, moving on to the next question from uh, Twitter user Brave Dirty Hawk, he says, "Question for your next episode: If Jericho is going to be at, at Wrestle Kingdom and Jushin Thunder Liger is going to be at Wrestle Kingdom, if you're thinking what I'm thinking and I'm thinking what you're thinking, how big is Super Liger's Jushin?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god
0: do you know who super liger is Chris jericho when he, he was like the white Liger that one year that faced Off against liger
1: right he was, No he he wasn't the white Liger he was the Evil liger right he, he just happened to have Blonde hair and a white attire
0: Right so I'm, he's wearing a white liger attire Yeah
1: I mean, you shouldn't call him the white Liger that sounds super racist <laughs> <laughs> The great White liger <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh my god that's a stupid. That's a Caleb Baldwin question. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How big is his And That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it's it's uh, super.
1: Super. <laughs> super. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Uh,
0: next question from Maserati. He says, What surprises, returns, or debuts do you expect or hope for New Year's Dash?
1: I already told y'all. The entire elite is coming back to New Japan Pro Wrestling at New Year's Dash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the elite's going to take out uh, LIJ. Yeah. Set yep. up uh, Kenny versus Naito for uh, New Beginning in Osaka.
1: Yeah, but then they're going to throw in uh, Ibushi just because they want to have a triple threat match, get their friends over. Change Fuck the it. world. Change the world. <laughs> Change the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um. I don't know. Do you have an... Any, so, is I've, there anybody who's out that needs to return? Well, I guess, I guess Okarn and uh, Great
0: Okarn, um, Kuato,
1: Kawato are out there somewhere.
0: Those could be returns. Um, as far as surprises, I think that we are going to get an evil heel turn. Um, and I know that we're not doing our full predictions right now for Wrestle Kingdom. But I I think Evil is going to be one of the LIJ members that ends up without gold. And he's going to be frustrated that's not got a single spot on the Dome. And he didn't. And that's going to lead to him turning on LIJ. I
1: have an interesting thinking. I know I was just making a joke about the Elite. But I would not be surprised if Marty Skrull shows up come Dome season.
0: hmm Yeah, Marty, a free agent now He's on NWA power right now Kind of all over the place He's still one third of the Ring of Honor Six man tag champions So I'm guessing he'll be doing some per date stuff For Ring of Honor still So yeah, Marty's kind of all over the place Kind of doing his own thing right now
1: Yes Um, What's the contract status of some of these guys That left WWE recently Like Brody Lee
0: uh yeah, so Brody Lee, the former Luke Harper, I believe his uh no compete clause uh, ends sometime in April. April. Okay, so yeah, he could it would be a while for him to come in there. Um, Sincaras went to Mexico. Um, so he has a new name, right? Yeah, the name of his trainer, I forget what the name is right golden,
1: now. Golden Golden Ribbon or something like that. Something
0: like that. Um. But yeah, so I he heard
1: I heard he, don't, he doesn't have rights to that name either and he's gonna have to change it again You hear about that?
0: No, I heard like the kid his son the sons of his trainer like approved it or whatever.
1: Those are not his sons uh, apparently from what I'm understanding those are like illegitimate sons who don't actually own the estate and The actual estate owners his real children because this man apparently was I don't want to speak ill of the dead But apparently he's getting around mm. Um, I've heard that the people who are giving him the permission aren't actually the people who can give him the permission So I heard he might have to change He's he might be getting sued and have to change the name again.
0: again wow So yeah, but I don't think we'll see him in New Japan, um, you know, there is
1: Oh, I want to speak to something a few weeks ago. I said that um, I had heard That Marty Skrull might keep working ROH beyond But what I I went back and reread it because you seem so confused and I was like, what did I read? And, I, and then I went back and read it and I was like, oh, he's just gonna I read that he was just gonna be working like the taping the next day <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Which he did
0: Yeah And won the taping and he's still, like I mentioned, still our way six-man tag champion
1: I think that we, I think, Mart. I think uh, if you were to guess on somebody that could make a surprise appearance Like he's a good candidate but Right
0: um, so I think his whole angle is he's gonna show up all these places to keep you guessing and to put doubt in your mind On where he's really going
1: Well here's the thing um, I don't know if Marty has As nas- has as much cachet or sway Or pool as Like a Kenny Omega or a Mox Or a Jericho but like if he's smart He comes to Japan He, he Inks a deal and then when he goes to AEW He's like y'all gonna need to work around This shit because I already signed With them mm. and then he can Expand his portfolio. Maybe we get a, a Marty Skrull G one run because mm. you know he always wanted to be considered heavyweight. Anyways, right. Um, if I was him, that's what I would do. And I, I kind of wouldn't be surprised if he got, if he did show up. Say New Year's Dash or something like right. that I
0: mean he would be a great guy to get On paper to work the New Japan US shows he's
1: kind of like the biggest uh, Well I don't know if he could work Those shows if he ends up signing with AEW That's the one thing
0: right but I'm saying in the meantime like, Right if he doesn't sign with AEW The next couple months he could work that um, That Southeast New Beginning Tour He's
1: kind of the one guy that people are sort of Forgetting about you know what I mean like They're kind of forgetting that like oh he might be the biggest You know indie talent Out there not named, you know, uh, ACH if he's even still wrestling.
0: <laughs> well, As of right now, he's not.
1: <laughs> that could be a surprise. Yeah. That is somebody who could literally be brought back, even though everyone thinks he's done. He could totally be back. Um, so, I mean, those are kind of the main candidates, I would say. Yeah. But if none of that happens, I'm fine.
0: There, there'll be some kind of angle.
1: Something's going to happen. Yeah. I, I don't need a big, big return, but uh, it's fine.
0: So next question from Sir Sam He says where does Osprey's year rank From an all time perspective Better than Okada 2017
1: Who? That is a fantastic question um, They're different They're very 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 different um, From an accolade standpoint No Because Okada was having How do I describe this Okada was having as good of matches in bigger spots with bigger moments against uh, more well like these matches that Okada was having during that year were built better met more were headliners and were with such a diverse cast of guys um, all throughout including the G1 that it was sort of a different thing um osprey sort of gets by by the sheer volume of fantastic matches whereas like his matches might not have the same sort of build or even level of importance because he's kind of lower on the card he kind of just overwhelms you with the amount of quality he has it's actually really hard for you to kind of it's and i don't mean you sir sam i just mean hypothetical you whoever you may be It's sort of hard to kind of compare the two I think it depends on what your criteria And your rating is I mean, Jeremy, you Wayne, what do you think?
0: Yeah, it's one of those hard things Because, yes, Okada spent You know, 2017 on top As a champion Drawing houses, being a main event Main event programs You know, the IWGP champion But You look at Osprey's 2019 He's had a Bigger volume Of matches In multiple tournaments He wrestled as a junior He was in the never title He wrestled in the G1 He wrestled in the junior tag league He was in multiple divisions Had a a mass volume of matches And all those matches were Four star plus or above And I'm sure Okada is capable Of the same thing But he's a big enough star Where he doesn't have to You know Be in all those tournaments And make a name for himself Like he's Okada Um so it's kind of hard, like you mentioned. It's like almost apples and oranges here.
1: Yeah, I think that both of these years, are, both of those years, are going to go down, go down as being extremely important for both individuals. Um, I, you know, I, I couldn't give you a clear answer, Sir Sam, and I know it's a cop out, but I can't, I can't tell you. Well, Will Ospreay's twenty nineteen is, you know, number thirty of a hundred. Like I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't have. Every wrestler of the year ranked out for across companies for all these different years or anything like that And then I, sh- I surely don't have them compared against one another or cross-reference like that's kind of crazy But for argument's sake To compare it against okada. They're completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah, um So I think it really just depends what kind of emphasis you have but like at the end of the day Okada's star and he was already a star Before 2017 but really 2017 is something that launched him and 2019 is something that launched Osprey To new levels and I think That's really what you're looking for when you talk about A wrestler of the year candidate
0: yeah So Sir Sam also asks Where do you see Hanare in 2020 I really like him and think he's Getting built up to step up to the never Division or at least I hope so
1: I think they're starting to Push him to a new level um, this new gear that he has is much more befitting of uh, an actual wrestling star as opposed to like a, kind of a cheap knockoff gimmick. Mm-hmm. And um, he's in better shape. And also, th- they keep mentioning a lot on commentary that he's going off to do Muay Thai and everything like that. Uh, God, if uh, no- if Anoki was still here and he heard that shit, this man be fighting. This man be fighting <laughs> in Thailand right now in the Coliseum. <laughs> Oh really <laughs> You're going to represent You're going to represent Perez My boy <laughs> But um, You know I would like to see him Incorporate some of that Training And uh, maybe he'll be the new V-trigger guy In new <laughs> Yeah He'll start
0: throwing knees
1: Throwing knees And start throwing juice effects Oh you AW You guys got you, got you guys got a guy That throws elbows You got a guy That throws knees We got Toa Hanare <laughs> He throws it all He
0: does both <laughs>
1: Throwing (laughs) bows
0: A juice effect into a v-trigger Yeah
1: but um Yeah I think that um they've always Kind of set Like set him up to be a potential Never open weight style Wrestler so I mean I wouldn't be surprised for him to be In that uh of division going forward or maybe even the tag division I think he's gonna have a better year this year I don't If you want my guess He's not holding gold this year
0: Do you think he makes a cut for g1
1: Maybe probably not (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he he was in the New Japan Cup And he'll That's a good opportunity for him Um, Maybe he makes the G1 maybe it's tough He's gonna have to really show something this year
0: Yeah And next question from Reddit user Dom homie 101 Thoughts on Ryu Lee and Hiromu Takahashi Going after the IWGP junior tag team belts After the dome
1: That's a terrible idea (laughs) (laughs) Um, Only for this one reason Ryu Lee and Hiromu Takahashi Should have no At this point in time Over the past year They should not have been like Cutting promos About how they respect each other How they can't wait for Each other to be back And how they want to be Stand in the ring together Uh, Let's never Like never mind the fact That in 2015 When I, I watched The original feud They had in CMLL this man took this dude's mask. Do you understand how, like, offensive that is? They had uh This was a fucking blood feud. Then they get they get over to Japan and get on Hiromu's territory, and all of a sudden it's all cats and <laughs> co- color books and super friends and all this shit. Nah, they need to fucking run it. They should not be tag team partners. They should not... The junior fucking tag belts? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, no. Hell no, hell no I'm sorry, but no, not yeah, at all
0: Yeah, I'm not down for that either Hiromu has plenty of people he can team up with In LIJ If you're if he's going junior tag division, you put him with Bushi Him and Ryu Lee The dome needs to be the last time they team together They should be feuding all year Over the junior title
1: Dom homie 101 You usually send us really good uh, questions this isn't a bad question. If you just if you uh, disagree, I'd love to hear your take on it because maybe I'm just off on this. I think there is part of me that's like the old school fan that's like, a dude gets his neck broken, the wrestling company should be capitalizing on that. They're they were handed a gift that this dude can even walk, much less come back and still wrestle. This needs to be like. Tommy Rich versus like Buzz Sawyer levels of intensity and hatred this should be like Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard You know what I'm saying and instead it's not it's like I don't even know what the fuck it is like,
0: <laughs> It's uh Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar when they were yeah like when they were friends in on Smackdown yeah
1: <laughs> <What> The fuck Yeah <laughs> So, yeah, I'm not feeling that
0: <laughs> uh, Another question from Dom Homie This thought on the chances of the loser of the IWGP IC title match Versus loser of the IWGP heavyweight title match Going to a draw on January 5th
1: Well, that won't happen A 60-minute draw? They're going to go to a 60-minute draw in Wrestle Kingdom? That's not happening
0: Yeah, I mean, would that would that be a 60-minute time match? The the, yeah, the Probably yeah, I'm maybe,
1: not. Maybe 30 minutes. Yeah, Still, they're not yeah, doing that. Yeah,
0: I'm not a fan of a draw in that situation. I think that's one of those matches. That it's going to be the number one contender match, and somebody needs to win. Listen, to it, to if lose. they go to a
1: draw, y'all out. Y'all go to the back of the line. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> Wasting our damn time at a fucking wrestle keynote. I mean, you got to be fucking <laughs> kidding me. Move, bitch. Get out the way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think.
0: Uh, another question, he says, is Bushi versus ZSJ the backup plan if Sonata is unable to wrestle against at the Dome?
1: That's it, that's what I think that's what it is, and that's a great point.
0: Yeah, that's what we talked about earlier during the Tokyo Dome review. Yeah, that's probably a very likely scenario on why they had Bushi uh, pin Saber, but I, I'm feeling like Sonata will be ready, but we'll see what happens. Uh, his next his next question, does it feel like maybe? We're heading towards a crow sting type Storyline for Bushi and the Bullet Club I don't think so Yeah I, I, I'm guessing maybe it's like you know like Sting just versus the NWO kind of thing um, And it's like Bushi versus Bullet Club Um
1: Listen I've been watching these videos online Of the first few weeks Of the crow sting gimmick And what people kind of forget And I don't know if people like remember this Sting was coming out here and fucking up WCW wrestlers for weeks. Do you remember that shit?
0: <laughs> no, I vaguely, I bro, vaguely remember that.
1: Bro, he's just like showing up, like hacksaw Jim Duggan, waving the flag, boom, <laughs> out of the Raptors, scorpion death drop, and then he gets, and then he just murks the fuck out of there. And everyone's like, "Whose side is Sting <laughs> on?" And I'm like, "Why the fuck was their good guy beating up? Why would, why would their good guy beat up hacksaw Jim Duggan?"
0: Call, cause confusion. <laughs>
1: I guess so. <laughs> Are we gonna see like Kota Ibushi showing up, like beating up Toriano and like Taguchi and shit?
0: <laughs> Who knows? But I mean, I could see Ibushi versus a Bullet Club type feud. We you know we had the teases of if Jay. they do that,
1: then Ibushi needs to completely change his character and like become like the Dark Soul Kota Ibushi, <laughs>
0: the Dark Star. Yeah. Oh,
1: the Dark Star. Yes. <laughs>
0: Um, Dark
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, I could see him and uh, Jay White feuding.
1: Yeah, so. I could see a feud between them, but I don't see him being like this soul that needs to avenge and defend the company. I mean, Bull Club's been, bro. At this point, Bull Club's not some invading like group. They're they're like of foreigners, like. They're an institution. They're just uh, they're just regular now. They're yeah. part of New, it's been a decade. They're still part of New Japan. Like they're not going nowhere. Like it, it, they should have disbanded it like after two years if that's what they wanted to do. But instead, like they're just regular. They're part of the company,
0: right? Then Dom Homie's last question: What are some of you guys' big bull predictions for NJPW in 2020? I mean, outside the box predictions, like Bullet Club turning on Jay White.
1: My big uh, outside the box prediction is Bullet Club turns on Jay White <laughs> I don't know man uh, You got any big predictions?
0: I mean the main prediction I have right now is Liger
1: just, comes out of retirement <laughs> No uh,
0: Evil evil turning heel like I mentioned on LIJ I think we're going to get um, an Evil Sonata main event somewhere
1: Shibata returns to the ring <laughs>
0: I mean hey No
1: If, if Shibata <laughs> return here he's not fucking coming He better not
0: uh, I mean, I think we could get a Sonata IWGP title win this year.
1: Uh, yeah, I could, I could possibly definitely see that. Uh, that's definitely a possibility. I don't, I don't know. Uh,
0: besides that, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have any other, I don't have anything bold for uh 2020 right now. So, uh, that's gonna Let's wrap. move on to the news <laughs> So that's going to wrap the questions up So now on to uh, news So voting is open now for the NJPW Match of the year And MVP Voting runs until noon JST time December 27th So if you go to the NJPW 1972.com website they have the instructions On how you vote For that Then we had uh, Liger's best career Match poll results being revealed On a Taguchi special so we have the. This is
1: some bullshit.
0: I don't know. Once this list came out, I was like, Josh ain't going like this.
1: <laughs> it's all right. We covered on the show, and I told you, like, I was like, bro, they got like 250 options. Like, it's it's not concise enough.
0: All right. So we have the top 20 here. We have the Ultimo Dragon match from January 4th, 93. Nike Sano, um, October 9th, 95. Fuji from April 4th, 2010. Otani from February 9th, 97. Versus Shima from that's April 9th, 2000 Versus uh, Hon- Hon- Honaga from April 30th, ninety one, Versus Ultimo Dragon from January 4th, ninety seven, Versus Sano from January 31st, 1990 My god um, Him with Tiger Mask versus Taiji and Takamichi Noku from June 16th, 2012 um, Versus Agoya from June 12th, 1990 Ayo- Oyagi uh, Masashi Oyagi. Uh,
1: That's That's a different style fight That's like a not even... <laughs> How the fuck?
0: Uh, Versus El Samurai from April 30th, 92. Bro,
1: that's like his career match and it's number 10. (laughs) It's like widely regarded as the best match All right. Or Uh, one of them.
0: Versus Kushida from May 3rd,
1: 2016.
0: How? (laughs) (laughs) Versus Taiji Shimori from March 6th, 2019.
1: The fuck?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Verse Super Delphin from June ninety four. Okay. Verse Hayabusa April 16, ninety four. Oh no,
1: my god! No.
0: <laughs> Great Sasuke April 16, ninety four. Uh, verse Koji Kanemoto from January fourth two thousand. Verse Great Muta from October twentieth ninety six. Verse Shinya Hashimoto from February twenty fourth ninety four. And the number one voted match was verse Minoru Suzuki from October fourth twenty nineteen.
1: What the fuck? (laughs) you got to be kidding me. Okay. These are good matches for sure, but this is the most like backwards and asinine like collection of votes. Like this makes no sense. Unless like you just had like a lot of like knaves and noobs like voting on this shit. Like, okay. Do for, for you who want to know, like just do yourself a favor, go to like cage match and go to like match guide and just, you know go from highest rated to lowest rated That'll give you a much more or even the Dave Meltzer observers stuff's Fine like that stuff's way more Accurate it, It's not perfect but it's way more accurate Than this is like what the fuck
0: <laughs> Yeah I, they, they,
1: they got like four star matches at the Top and five star matches Like in the middle like how
0: yeah as soon as I saw this was come out I'm like yeah Josh is not, not going to be happy with this <laughs>
1: This is some bullshit
0: <laughs> It's exactly what you said like, You were like man this Minoru Suzuki match Better not be voted number one I did say that didn't right? I yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like bro, bro because I knew it. I was like it's going to be a bunch of people that don't know And they're just going to vote for the Suzuki match Because the most recent good match he had And like the Suzuki and the Ishimori match Happened this year and they're in the top 8 Of his career What the fuck Have you guys ever seen this man's in his fifties. Come on. Like, there's no way. He's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Like, I I'm sorry, those matches are great, but like his work in the 90s. There's no 80s matches here. Alright, yeah. cool.
0: <laughs> so uh moving on, uh we had the New Japan bodybuilding contest this week at Corkin Hall. Uh is that the,
1: what the concorso is?
0: Yeah. And so the participants were Kota Abushi, Tanahashi, Shoyo, Taiji Shimori, Hanare. Umora, Suji, Peter, and Riske Taguchi, so they didn't Announce a winner, they just had the pictures On the website and asked you who You thought won, and we did have a question From Sir Sir I'm saying in your opinion Who won the bodybuilding competition
1: I'll tell you who I think won And I think I've got a different opinion than The popular opinion that I've been hearing
0: So do you think won?
1: I think show wrecked Everybody,
0: Oh, I was going for Peter Oh my god She got my vote. Nah, but se- <laughs> no, but no, seriously, to me, it, it, it was down to Show and Taiji.
1: Yeah, it's down to Ishimori and Show. Like they're the the two most. Uh, although, like obviously, like Tanahashi looked great. Um, but
0: Sho and Ishimori were shredded though.
1: Fucking shredded, bro. And um, I think Show got him, but I don't know. I'm not in the bodybuilding world. Right. I don't we're, know. we're
0: not bodybuilding judges, but. Yeah those would be my, my top two show ask
1: Vince. <laughs> God damn hell
0: I think I think Vince would uh, go with show Because he's a little bit more oh, Bigger
1: Look at him He's huge
0: Vascular.
1: I like it <laughs> <laughs> Alright uh, cool
0: Next up we got inbound ticket details For the new beginning in Osaka Joe Hall The international ticket sales have started on They started this past Sunday December 22nd and they will run until, uh, let's see here, it looks like the 21st, I think, or hold on. I got this all backwards in JST PSC time, but this looks like the international ticket sales have started and will be running. So if you're planning on going to Osaka Joe Hall, getting an international ticket, they're available now. Grab those.
1: Bro, I cannot wait for Wrestle Kingdom when they announce the first, like, six months of the year, and we find out that they're running, like, a major show here at Amelie Arena <laughs> 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 Or whatever It is they end up doing Yeah, in, uh,
0: Speaking of US there is The ticket information for the new beginning In Nashville so if you go to the website You can get your tickets and information for that Event still waiting on the Information for the other new beginning in USA Shows that will be happening at the Beginning of the year we had the NJBW official English podcast Return with Chris Charlton interviewing uh, Finjuice Pretty good interview there uh, Kazuchika Okada ha- will be have a spot on every Tuesday during this month of December on the Sekuri Show, which is a popular morning talk show on NTV, to hype up Wrestle Kingdom. Nice. Okada was also named as one of the torch carriers for when the Olympic flame goes through Aichi, uh, where he grew up. Uh, Kijimuto will also be carrying the Olympic flame. Yes. Then we, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. He had his last match in Australia on December fourteenth. Where he and Robbie Eagles defeated Bad Luck Fale and Jack Bonza. Now, here's a very interesting news story. Tokyo Sports is reporting that if Tanahashi defeats Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom, he plans on challenging for the AEW title. Thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that that adds a level of intrigue to what has pretty much for most people been a foregone conclusion. You know, most of us just think, well, if Jericho, you know, is the champion, he's not going to come in and do a job to a major star on a major show for another company at that point. Like just look at all the politics that took place between him and Okada, you know, back at Dominion and he wasn't even the champion yet. But if you have that uh, little bit of intrigue there where it's like, well, these two major companies they're outside of WWE they've got a history of, of talent you know that have worked together prior to the uh advent of AEW and you know fans clamoring for them to work together and then Tanahashi starts throwing out little little things in, in the uh the media saying well if I beat this guy I'm going to challenge for the world title and it's <laughs> like wait what and then on the opposite end of things we've seen things like this in AEW you think about like Scorpio Sky and you know, I don't know who pretty much I guess just uh,
0: Darby Allen's had a title match.
1: Oh, yeah and Darby Allen So I mean there have been instances where guys have been able to qualify themselves to get title shots based off of their performance in non-title matches against Jericho So there's that little bit of doubt. I'll tell you. I don't think it's happening, but I think it definitely is way more interesting than the actual build itself, which is pretty much nothing so far
0: Yeah, that definitely adds a wrinkle to this match And it kind of gives a glimmer of hope for Tanahashi He's like, "All right, Tanahashi could win And we could get Tanahashi versus Jericho on an AEW show And Tanahashi could be the guy that kind of, you know Opens the door and bridges the gap between these two companies Which would be very interesting Because I'm sure most people would think it would be like an Okada Or an Ibushi that would be
1: in that role Yeah, and I mean Without going too far in depth earlier in the year, we had kind of teased that we had, like, news concerning, like, an announcement around Wrestle Kingdom time. And we waited for what was told to us from our sources, which was also, by the way, a very reliable source, that there may potentially be some level of involvement between the two companies come Kingdom time. And then the things that we waited for to see, they kind of never came to fruition. And so I don't know if... What we'd been given was Like true or not and I can't Really go too much more in depth beyond that Because who knows Um, It doesn't look like anything's happening But like this Little thing right here makes me kind of wonder About what we'd heard earlier in the year I'm wondering if maybe like There could potentially Be like a working relationship between These two companies
0: and there was like a small Little joke on being the elite This week Kenny Omega was wearing His New Japan shorts and then Nick, Jack- Nick Jackson was like, oh, we can't show this because fans will think that we're starting to work with New Japan If you wearing your New Japan shorts Oh, really? Yeah Huh So, interesting there to kind of keep our eyes out Very, on what's very interesting here. So in other news, Sakura Genesis is set to return on March 31st, 2020 at Ryogoku Sumo Hall So with the return of Sakura Genesis, I don't think we're getting a WrestleMania weekend show
1: yeah, and that, when's WrestleMania weekend?
0: Uh, April 1st or April 5th is WrestleMania, I think. April 5th or 6th.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, for the for the Japanese talent to get out here, I mean, um, they're probably not having a show, but even if they were going to have a show, it'd probably be minor talent that might not be involved with this show, or that's a pretty quick turnaround. It also makes me wonder about, like, are these guys even going to work some of the haunts that they normally do, like the Rev Pro Show or like the WrestleCon Super Show? Well, there show? is no Rev Pro
0: Show this year, right? At all? I don't think so.
1: I or I
0: is there? I know one of the UK groups is not coming.
1: Okay, well, you would know better than me. I'm not like I haven't been keeping up on it. Like I've been kind of just like, well, when when all the shows get announced, they get announced, and I'll take a look. I haven't been like checking every day. Did WrestleCon announce that they're not having Rev Pro this I'm year? I'm pretty
0: sure Rev Pro Ooh. is Not coming.
1: That show's always a Banger. What the fuck
0: Yeah, I forget There was like some issue because I remember they tweeted about it And it was like, yeah, Rev Pro decided That they didn't want to come this year or something like that
1: Alright, well then I'm not going <laughs> I'm not going to the Repro show. That's not happening <laughs> <laughs> Let me just
0: uh, Double check. I'm pulling up the WrestleCon website right Now. Let's see if I can get The uh Their list of shows here. Um, Let's see. Yeah, Europe versus the World, WrestleCon Super Show. Yeah, there's uh, there's no Rev Pro.
1: All right. Well, I'll go to Progress. Fuck it.
0: I don't think Progress is coming either. Yeah, they are. They are.
1: Yeah, they're running uh, with. uh, Oh, with with uh, WWE.
0: WWE. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. So very interesting.
1: Very very interesting Okay.
0: Then the last thing I have here The Monday free match of the week Is from Wrestle Kingdom 12 The match between Minoru Suzuki and Hiroki Goto So if you have not seen that That is an awesome uh, strong style match Uh, Suzuki almost kills Goto in this match And um, definitely worth a watch Yep And then the last thing Josh It is your turn for the recommended match Of the week
1: Awesome, so this week for the recommended match of the week um, I have selected a match between Tetsuya Naito versus Kazushika Okada But it's not what you're thinking It's not from the dome two years ago It's not from the dome six years ago Or four years ago Or whatever the case may be I don't know, I'm bad at math This is from the New Japan Pro Wrestling 40th anniversary show In 2012 Mm. And this uh, This match just to kind of give you a little background This is after Okada had Recently upset uh, The long reigning Ace of the universe Hiroshi Tanahashi And uh, wrestled the title from him And this is one of his first Major title defenses on a major show Against uh, another star In Tetsuya Naito Uh, The first title shot that Tetsuya Naito Was ever granted in his career in 2012 And um, this match was awarded four and three quarters by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Um, It's got an average uh, Match rating on cage match of nine point three four. It's been rated a hundred and two times And has 41 comments if you've never seen this match and it's funny because it's the cage match It has a lot of uh, activity, but I feel like I never hear anybody talk about this match and it's a classic like um, the crowd was split probably about 70 30 for uh, Naito over Okada and at the time we're talking we're not talking about in Ingo- Gobernables uh Naito we're talking about Stardust, Stardust genius, genius you know the the prototypical successor to what tanahashi had been and um, this match was kind of like the story of a younger flashier more high-flying version of tanahashi trying to best, You know this young punk who had just basically uh, shocked and upset their top star in uh, uh, Tanahashi, and they go out there and just show the world why these two guys are going to be the top two stars for the next decade in New Japan Pro Wrestling. This match is incredible. If you've never seen it, I I'm telling you, go out of your way to see it. Not only that, you need to see it because I'm pretty confident this is going to be the main event. On January 5th and we're getting ready to go into a big title program between these two guys uh, In 2020 and this is where it all started it all started on April 3rd 2012 The anniversary show Okada versus Naito highly recommended you need to see this match It's required viewing for modern pro wrestling fans Nice
0: so go ahead and check that out and that's going to wrap things up For this week, next week We'll be back with our big Wrestle Kingdom 14 preview And prediction show And we will be joined by Chris Samsa of Voicesofwrestling.com and supportofprowrestling.com
1: that, <laughs> that guy That guy's better than me I don't like when he comes on He makes me look bad
0: The, uh, the stat man, <laughs> Kevin Kelly stat man, Chris Samsa He'll be joining us next week to Preview Wrestle Kingdom 14 so next week, that's going to be a fun show. We're going to be, you know, so much closer to Wrestle Kingdom 14. So make sure you connect with us on social media on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy L Donovan. The show is at Ki Strong Style. You can also follow us at Social Suplex on Facebook. We are Facebook.com/slash Social Suplex. You can find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group. Facebook.com/group/slash slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I'm the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping it Strong Style. You can email me, jeremy at socialsuplex.com You can also follow us on Instagram at socialsuplex Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network On Sundays, we have One issue Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show from Scotland Every other Wednesday, we have our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryant On Fridays, we have Get in the Ring with Danny and Beast Mike. On Saturday, we have All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr., Amy O., and Tiffany. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review.
1: Wait a second. Is this the last show of 2019 for us? No, next week is. Oh, dang it. Never (laughs)
0: mind. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. And Have a Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to Keepin' It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.